0: Any chips? Why, of
1: course! I believe there's a whole bag. Ricky, I don't have time for your nonsense right now. Well, excuse me, bitch
0: all that young, fresh chicken. Where I come from, we call them Baldies. The fucking bastards are gonna pay for this! Cocksuckers! Tricks! Angela, I am waiting for an answer. Yes or no! God damn it, answer me, Angela! Answer me, God damn it, answer me, Anna. Hey, girl, let's not forget to thank Angela for getting Megan in trouble. I didn't do anything. Angela and Judy are missing. Oh, no. Hey, all the fuss? There's a killer loose. Make sure no one leaves your bum for any reason. Who
1: be? Hi, I'm Barbara Crampton from Chopping Mall, and you're listening to The Hysteria Continues.
2: You are indeed, and welcome back to Hysteria Continues, episode number 62 um and we're all sat here in the sunshine, well, some of us are um how's it looking in the states is it um is it it's boiling hot and not uh, very unlike England here at the moment. Is it like that for you in the states or you've got rain or
3: well, we had a lot a lot of rain recently, but it kind of subsided for a few days and got you know kind of warm, but now it's raining again
2: right, okay, what about you, Eric? Have you Is it Glorious Sunshine with you? It It is Glorious Sunshine.
4: I mean, this time last week I was in sunny Greece. Yes. And uh, when I landed back in Dublin, it was still like it was sunny Greece.
2: Gosh. How was Lesbos?
4: So it was nice. How was Hmm? Lesbos? I was non-Lesbos. Oh, was on. I was on Kefalonia. Okay. Where they filmed Captain Corelli's mandolin, so I reenacted it as Captain Eric's pink
2: oboe. (laughs) Did you, did you get it out and uh, give it a good old twirl or whatever you do with a hobo blow? I did,
4: yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I did see you... There were some rude signs. Were they, were, mm. they, were they yours? Did you do those?
4: Did I do them? Did I do the pictures? Yes. Yes. Oh. I insisted that we stop the car so I could take a picture, because there was a town near where we were
2: staying called Fanny's. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, of course, has a slightly different meaning in Ireland and England as it does to the States. It does, of course. No, it does not.
3: Well, I don't Yes, it does, actually. Eric, you're yes. so immature. Yeah, I am. I'm so immature.
2: Well, I think it kind of ties in quite nicely with the uh, feature film we have today. But before we get to that, how are you, Nathan? I'm alright. Yes. It sounds still... like
3: he's doing laundry.
2: <laughs> you're you puppy sitting at the moment. Yes. Yes. He's no. all over the place. Okay. But very adorable, I guess.
1: Yes, he is. I just I think he'd be very adorable if he went and curled up on his bed and slept during the podcast.
2: Right. Okay. Well, we keep our fingers crossed. And on on animal news, that um, we we said goodbye to Captain Mannering. Uh,
4: oh, yes, yeah, yesterday, that.
2: but um, but not in a bad way. Well, it, it, we we found him a new home because he was um, bullying the other cats and was generally uh, not very happy and a bit jealous. So we found him a lovely new home on his own. So he's going to be very very happy. So we had to. Uh, Get him in a cat basket and across town yesterday, so that was all a bit traumatic but yeah um, some
3: cats are like that they prefer to be alone
2: well that's the thing he was just he was just kind of um uh, he was all right with the female cat it was t- other two males he would just kind of attack and it was just escalating he was just jealous of any of you know um, if they got in the way he would attack them and stuff, and it just wasn 't really fair on them so so but he's got a lovely new home, so that we, you know, that's all, all end all all ended well for him. So um but yes, feature presentation, uh today's my choice and that is Sleepaway Camp and it's a film uh I've probably been asked um for us to do more than any other film. Um so hopefully there's kinda of quite a few Sleepaway camp fans out there. And also, we're going to be doing something which, at first, I thought. I thought, well, actually, how can we do this? It's not really feasible. Then I realised actually there were enough bitches in slasher films for us to do a top three. So we're going to be doing top three slasher movie bitches, complete with um, with sound clips from all of them. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But
4: um, can I before? can I just interject and say? If anyone hasn't seen Boy Camp, we're going to, as usual, spoil the hell out of it. Yes. And because it has such a remarkable ending, I, I put up on our Facebook page earlier a link to the complete uncut version of the film. is available in HD, actually, on YouTube. So mm. I'd advise well, I think, people who haven't seen it. I to think buy the it. ending is cut. Hmm?
3: I think the oh. ending is cut.
4: Ha, ha, ha.
3: <laughs> yeah, it
4: can be immature as well. <laughs> you are immature. Immature. Pronounce it properly, American boys. No, that's how I pronounce
2: it. Right. Well, before we come to fisty cups, um, <laughs> let's go on to our recently seen. So we haven't recorded for a little while, have we? What, has it been? How it's long? Been over it been? a month, I think. Over it's a month. Yes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, Joseph and work. I did. Oh yes. Unfortunately. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Yes. Well, actually,
1: Apparently.
3: I just have to interject and say the sound sound setup was pretty bad because I was on a temporary set,
4: setup that day. Okay. Yes. I, I listened Whatever. to some of the beach what on
2: earth is that noise?
1: Uh, it's his toy. Actually, give it. Give it here. It's a dildo. Play with a quieter toy, please. And then
2: you're no, away from me. away from me, Nathan, please.
4: Yes. Anyway, I was listening to your episode last I, week, and um, apparently, according to Nathan, I say top of the morning in an English accent at the start of every episode. Yes. Oh, did I do that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, my Irish accent is not is not very good, so. neither uh, so. is mine. Yes.
1: There, God. All right, I just changed this toy because the other one's driving me crazy.
2: And that's that's not um, Nathan's flatmate, by the way. That's his puppy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yes, oh yeah, so how's it going with preparation for the Kickstarter and stuff? How can people find out more about the, the night before Easter?
3: Oh, are we on that now? I thought we were still on his, his puppy.
2: Um. Well, we're, we're <laughs> Seaging, it's called Seaging into, <laughs> yeah. into from one such to another, uh, so yeah.
3: It's going fairly well, I mean, we're almost halfway there and we've got like uh, 35, 36 days left, so... Uh, you can go to Kickstarter and just search for the night before Easter, or search for the night before Easter on Facebook. Um, you know, ideally, uh, I'm I'm trying to be optimistic, but I'm kind of in a half as gl- a, a glass is half empty kind of mood lately. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm hoping we'll make our goal, but if we don't, we have a we have a little yeah. bit of a fallback position. It's not preferable, but you know, we'll do what we can. But if you can afford to throw even just a dollar our way, just, uh, that helps. So check us out and we really want to make a really good film. So,
0: yeah, thank absolutely.
2: You. And also as, um, as pointing out earlier before, before we came on air, as it were, um, that you don't have to um, pay anything up front, do you? It's only that you only get the money money's only taken if you meet the goal of like ten thousand dollars. Yeah, a lot
3: of people you know, a lot of people saying, you know, they want to you know, they wanna pledge and they wanna help out but they can't, you know, afford it right now. And you know, I can understand if you can't afford it, you know, that's fine. But the the thing is, they do not charge you until the goal is met, and if the goal is met, obviously you're not charged, and they don't charge you until after the funding you know date is over with. So, mm. uh, if you wanted to throw in a couple of bucks, they're not going to take it out unless we meet our goal. So,
2: okay. And also, the for an incentive, we've got copies of the um, not deleted, but the withdrawn uh, double bill, haven't we, of Savage Water and um, what's the other film again? Also, get the name of it, Invitation to Hell. No. Death by invitation. Death by invitation, that's the one, yes. Which um will be collectors items now, won't they? So Yeah, we
3: have uh twenty eight uh yeah, twenty eight copies left. So if you want a copy of that, you know, throw in a, a pledge for, you know, twenty bucks and you get that and you get a you know a thank you credit and you'll get a you know a free screener copy of the film once it's completed and that's a lot cheaper than you know ebay a lot of ebay prices are going anywhere from 50 to 100 dollars. so mm, if mm. you want a copy of the film uh, that's a good way to get it
2: yeah and uh, thanks to vinegar syndrome and we will be i'm not sure if we we probably can't mention what we're going to be doing but we will be doing some more with them in the future won't we
3: yeah. uh yes um well i can mention that uh we are doing a co- another commentary for them and for a an unusual pick but it should be fun i think
2: okay yes and uh, okay well let us know jo- uh, joseph when we can uh, say what that is because i'm not, not even sure if they've actually announced that title yet have they no they have not okay so we won't talk about it at the moment just but uh keep your ears peeled for for that so anyway let's go on to recently seen so joseph do you want to start what have you been watching since we last um. talked
3: I've watched a few movies uh I, last night I watched a couple I watched one called uh, exam and um basically uh, eight people you know are invited to this like prestigious company for a job interview and it's kind of like cube where it's basically a bunch of people you know locked in one location for the duration of the film and basically the the plot is that uh, this guy comes in and says, you know, if you want to join our esteemed ranks, uh, you have one question before you, and, and there's only one answer, and they all have a sheet of paper, and then he leaves the room, and they look at the paper, and there's nothing on the paper, so they spend the next, you know, 90 minutes trying to figure out what the question is and what the answer could possibly be, and it, basically they kind of, you know, you know, like Cube and Saw and those types of uh, confined space films, they kind of, you know, start going, going a little crazy, and you know completely acting you know not really normal and just overact overreacting to every little thing trying to figure out this question because they all want the job and uh you know what the job is is a little vague until the end but uh i it's pretty good movie i i kind of like the setup and i like um the whole uh what's the word i'm looking for the the rep the resolution to the whole you know uh, quandary of what the question and answer is i, I thought it's kind of clever i guessed that you know midway through but i still thought it's clever but the problem is that they kind of spoon feed you a little bit too too much information towards the end of the film and it's really unnecessary but you know if they had just kept you know an, the initial setup and then ended it when you know they reveal what the question and answer is i thought yeah, it would have been a lot better film but it just goes on for another five or ten minutes and it's you know, it's too much information, so that makes it. It's a little too long, but you know, uh, a marginal thumbs up if you see it. It's from 2009. Uh, it's a pretty decent little thriller. Uh, not bad. I do have to mention that the characters are completely just hateful and and despicable. But here it kind of works because it kind of adds to the the actual storyline. So yeah, not not too awful. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, this is a. Uh, I'm, I'm talking over a bunch of... It sounds like the apocalypse. And I also watched a film called uh, Nailbiter last night. It's basically uh, uh, this woman and her three uh, daughters. They're going to pick up um, her husband from the airport. He's back from the war or something. Or he's in Iraq or Afghanistan or something like that. Whatever. And uh, you know, on the way, they they, they drive through Kansas... And there's, you know, news reports of a huge uh, tornado coming through. So, you know, they, they try to uh, drive past the storm, but then they get a glimpse of the actual tornado. And they realize, you know, it's probably best if they, you know, find shelter. So they pull off the road and they run to this nearby house. And uh, they, they essentially break into this cellar to kind of wait out the storm. And um, basically what happens after that, uh, I don't really want to say anything, but it, it they have they have more to worry about than the storm is pretty much all I'll say and um, it, it's a, it's a pretty good movie it's got some really good um, special effects and some good suspense and uh, but my problem mm. is that it's re- it has some really poorly written dialogue and some flat acting and a lot of the questions they raise are just kind of you know shuffled like shoot away by the wayside or whatever and so I was a little underwhelmed with it as well. Um, particularly the the mother character, uh, who's I guess essentially the lead. Uh, she's pretty terrible. I mean, the oldest daughter is actually pretty good as as this kind of uh, she kind of becomes this kind of ass kicking hero towards the conclusion of the film, and she's pretty good. But th- you know the rest of the cast, or you can tell they they probably plucked these people off the street somewhere, and it's just, it's kind of distracting because the, the actual you know production values and are really really well done for such a small budget but uh i'm afraid i did not you know end up chewing my fingernails like i'd hoped because it is called nail biter but eh, i'll go ahead and give it another marginal thumbs up just kind of uh see it with
4: reservations
2: okay i've not heard of that one anyone else no i've not heard of it
1: i've heard of it but i haven't seen it
2: okay okay all right well thank you it's Joyce, it's always unearthing gems so anything oh, yeah. else
1: yeah, I
3: saw uh Friday I went to see Pacific Rim. Hmm. And you know, I, I don't think You guys probably, Yeah, go ahead laugh. Get it out of the way. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure you guys aren't really interested in this type of movie, but you know, I like gigantic monster films, so I was kind of, you know, excited for this. It's basically uh these uh kaiju, which is Japanese for, you know, strange beast. They're these skyscraper sized uh uh, monsters, which the film actually calls kaiju, they basically emerge from the ocean and they start, you know, wreaking havoc on Earth. So the government, you know, funds this program where they build these gigantic, you know, skyscraper-sized robots that are kind of controlled by uh, two people to fight these monsters off, you know, before the monsters basically destroy the world. And um, the initial setup were. Uh, the narration is explaining uh where they came from and uh, their first attack out, their first attack on earth was like really great really well done and the effects were really well done and um there's a there's a few scenes in the film that you're like wow this is just kind of breathtaking but i have a problem with this film for one it's a little too long and it, it didn't have as much monster attack footage as i'd want i wanted and the, the actual, you know, monster footage that they had, a lot of it's like they filmed it's, you know, it's obviously CGI, so you have to contend with that. But the CGI is fairly decent, but the problem is that it's at night, and there's a lot of, you know, neon lights everywhere, and it's hard to make what's going on because it's just so fast and quick. But my main problem with this film is it's more, you know, uh, rousing and raw, rah kind of Independence Day type stuff, and I'm, I'm not into that. And another problem I have with the film, I know you're not supposed to kind of I know you're not really supposed to, you know, invoke logic in a film that, you know, has – we're in a world where they have giant robots fighting giant monsters. But I have to take issue with this because if these people um, essentially – if they have the the means and the the money uh, to build these giant robots, why do they have these these pilots, you know, uh, fight these monsters inside the robots? Why not, you know, have these uh, people, you know, remotely doing this from some other location so they won't get killed, you know, because through through the film, you know, a couple people die trying to fight these monsters, and you know, so then they have to move into this whole oh, well they died, but they died for a cause and now we can do it we can rise up and destroy the apocalypse and I'm like, yeah, you're going to go out and get killed because, you know you had all this money to build these robots but you were too stupid to kind of use the same technology to, you know, control these robots from elsewhere so your people wouldn't get hurt. I just kind of find find that, you know, if, you, if you're going to have these giant robots, obviously you're going to have the logic to, you know, control them from some computer somewhere. And it's just kind of false suspense, and it doesn't really work. And, you know, like I said, it's too long, not enough monster footage. Uh, I'm not a big Guillermo del Toro fan anyway. I think he's kind of overrated, so... I, uh, I'm not giving it a thumbs down or a thumbs up, just kind of a thumb sideways. Maybe I was just very
2: underwhelmed with it. Is the word? Okay, Nathan, did you see it? No, I
1: haven't seen it. I'm not really interested in it.
2: Okay, I mean, I'm. I quite like. I saw the trailers, and the trailers looked good. So, I mean, I know Eric's a fan of Rims, aren't you, Eric? So you tempted. Ha ha
4: ha! I do like Guillermo Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I like Pan's Labyrinth and Devil's Backbone in particular. It wasn't pushed on the Hellboy movies because I don't really like superhero stuff. I absolutely despised everything to do with Transformers and that's what this film kind of reminds me of. So that's oh, why I Oh, it's much better than Transformers. I'll give it yeah. that. It has a
3: you know it has a human element to it that's missing from the Transformers films, but, but still I don't
4: know. I'm not I'm not pushed. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm maturing finally, but I just these summer blockbusters <laughs> just don't do it for me <laughs> anymore. Not, it's find I not hard to believe,
2: Eric.
3: Yeah, I'd say I it's good for a one-time watch, <laughs> but it's not. It's nothing I'd ever want to see again.
2: Okay. Well, I, I kind of, I fancy seeing it. Did you see it in three D? No, I did not. I saw it in just two D. Because it was um, it's post converted, wasn't it?
3: Yeah, well, the um, oh, I can't remember. There's some some shots uh, were actually filmed for three D, but most of it was post converted. But mm. I heard that it's just you know, it, you know, like most post conversions, it's not you know totally well done so i guess if you want to see it in 2d it's not going to make much of a difference
2: i wonder why they do that because they is it just cheaper to do it that way than film it in 3d i guess it must be yeah
3: and then they it's cheap i'm assuming it's cheaper just kind of post convert it in 3d and then they still make their money by selling 3d ticket prices so you know it's Mm. a money it's a financial thing Mm.
2: did you actually just as an aside did you hear about 3d tvs they've um the in the, in this country, well, in the UK, they've stopped. Um, the BBC has stopped broadcasting in 3D uh, mm. now because they said there isn't enough interest in it. Yeah, so I heard that. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the same in the states, but apparently, just it's not being. Because I know Nathan's, you've got a 3D TV, haven't you? Yes, I do. Hmm. Do you watch stuff on it? actually, on on you know, sort of streaming and uh, TV shows and stuff.
1: No, I mean to me that's that, that's pointless. I just watch movies where I think stuff's going to fly out of the screen. Mm. Mm. Well, another thing
3: about this film, you know, financially speaking, is that it cost 100, a million, and I think it's only made like uh, like thirty odd million this weekend. So it's pretty much a financial mm. disaster. Ouch! And they were, you know, they, you know, a while back they were kind of expecting it to be this huge summer blockbuster, but then it just kind of got overshadowed by. Uh, That Despicable Me film, and then I think Adam Sandler had some movie out with a bunch of comics too. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And it just kind of completely overshadowed. And so now they're all like disappointed, and you know, myself, I you know, if it wants to make 180 million, that's fine. But I don't, I don't think it's you know, I don't see what the 180 million went into, except for all the you know the grand grand computer effects. But whatever. Mm.
2: Well, that sort of pretty much put pay to his uh plans to do the H. P. lovecraft uh film he, he's been he's been wanting to get off the ground for ages isn't he in the mouth of madness or the mountains of madness or whatever it was um uh, that he wanted to do and they were kind of very wary of doing that and i don't think he's ever going to get to do it now is he because if he can't make a he can't make money doing a film this commercial then he uh, that's kind of probably off the cards but um
3: i think i think another problem with this film is that he doesn't really have anyone who, you know who could sell the film he's got the guy from he's got the guy from the wire and the guy from sons of anarchy and they're not really big names and i think he needed some kind of big name to kind of drive the project and i think a lot of people are like well you know it looks pretty good it's giant robots versus, versus giant monsters but who's the star and i think that mm-hmm. might have been an issue with the film as well
2: okay all right all right fair enough and anything else uh No, I haven't really been
3: watching a whole lot of TV lately, unfortunately.
2: Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Joseph. Um, Nathan, how about you? Um, I watched Sleep Tight. Oh, yeah. Um,
1: yes, the one that you had talked about um, hmm. previously. I really liked it. Um, I don't know if I necessarily found the the main guy to be sympathetic. I kind of thought it was pretty awful what he was doing to the people in this movie. Um, but it's 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 interesting nonetheless because it's just he's so miserable that he has to make other people miserable too. You know that's the only thing that actually makes him happy.
4: It's kind of like Justin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yeah. yeah. It's pot calling kettle black as usual, Eric.
1: <laughs> and there's some stall. bullying going on this morning. Yeah. yeah. I know.
0: Mm-hmm. Um.
1: Anyway, um, I liked it, though. I thought it was a really good movie and worth checking out for anybody that hasn't seen it yet.
2: Okay. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say we talked about that um, previously, so that's it's good you check that out. Um, anything else?
1: Uh, the ABCs of Death, which... Uh, ho-hum. I mean, yes. it's, it's just so... I, I just It's so I don't care. I mean, I think I could have come up with a... I think if you put Voodoo Massacre in that film it would have been the best movie in that whole um, ABCs of Death. Whoa. <laughs> you know be they're a sequel to that. <laughs> it's just, it's almost every film in that um, anthology is a miss. I mean, it's there's some letters that are just, uh, it's, most of them are like comical rather than supposed to be, I guess, scary. And I don't know, just I mean, there are a few ones that are okay, but for the most part, they were just god awful.
2: Mm. Okay. Well, I've not. You, you've all seen that, haven't you? I've, I've not yes. seen it. No, actually, Joseph, I've not you, seen it yet, but I have it. no interest in seeing it. Mm. No, same here. Mm. So, no. Okay. I watched it for free. Yeah, fair yeah,
4: enough. It's not worth seeking out at all.
2: Okay. Right. Um, okay. Anything else, Nathan?
4: Uh, the last thing I watched was Bloody Bloody, Bloody
1: Bible Camp. Oh, yeah. Um, The movie about a group of teens going to a Bible camp and getting stalked by a nun with an axe. It should have been a lot better than it is. Uh, It starts, it opens with like a, a big massacre where the nun just kills like six or seven people. Like, it's like a mini slasher movie in the first 15 minutes. And then after that, it takes like an hour for anybody else to get killed. And I just don't know how they lost it they built up some good momentum and then they just blew it
2: Hmm. well everyone knows don't they if you're making a slasher movie you need to be killing somebody at least every 15 minutes don't you yeah at at least at least either boobs or butt or slashing every 15 minutes yeah if you're making a a trashy slasher movie and i'm sure the um you know the night before easter will will be following that to a tee won't it we're
3: keeping it at 80 minutes and, you know, there's only going to be about, you know, it's going to be a lot. There's it's a high body count. We'll just say that.
4: Mm, cool. Yeah. Okay. Is there boobies?
3: No, there's no boobies.
2: <gasps> what about butts? No,
3: there will be Wincles? some innuendo and some, there'll be some innuendo and some, you know, slight skin here and there, but we're not, you know.
2: well an ankle? I,
3: you know, I'm a guy, but even I'm you know kinda I can go either way with you know nudity. I'm more about you know suspense and good mm. characters that's that's what i'm that's what I'm yeah right yeah, of course you read Playboy for the articles I don't read playboy, Playboy is boring
1: yeah, of course it is it's not raunchy enough for you, yeah, it's not raunchy enough
2: okay use it well we'll we'll get on to Chicks with Dicks later. Um, <laughs> quite literally so um well thank you thank you nathan um that's before we one... move on
3: oh, yeah. um I, before we move on I, I almost forgot there was one more i watched um mm. i know nathan has, has seen it and i don't know if you two have seen it but it's um excision with tracy lords oh yes, yes. I, I great I yeah i saw that and wow that was a really good film um the girl that they that plays the main girl who's the you know kind of the unhinged girl who's uh basically trying to be a surgeon i thought she was really well cast and You know, Tracy Lords, who, you know, is essentially this former, you know, porn star who got into trouble for doing, you know, underage porn, she's someone you never expect to go on, you know, make a, you know, very good living, you know, as as a serious actress, but wow, she was so good here. I mean, she, I will go so far as to say that her performance was pretty much Oscar worthy, I thought. She was really, really that good, and the film is just really well made, and, um Kind of bizarre and demented and out there, but I really enjoyed it a lot.
4: Mm, I so. saw that one at the horror and I was kind of perplexed because I didn't view it as a horror film as such. I thought it was more of a quirky indie comedy.
3: No, it's, it's a little bit of both. I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely disturbing, but it's it's also funny in a lot of places as well. But I really enjoyed it. Not the ending,
4: though. No, that no ending the, the, kind of, ending, uh, the ending was horror, yes, but the rest of it... Yeah. I mean, I could have done without the ickiness of the menstrual blood, which sort of was, you know, a common thread throughout the film. That yeah. was making me feel kind of sick, <laughs> um, to be honest. But I do agree, Tracy this, Lawrence This is
3: a- from the guy who likes Bob Hoskins' back hair.
4: Yeah, well, that's completely different.
3: I, I did watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit a few days ago. I forgot about yeah.
4: that.
3: Shwing. And His his back hair is prominent in that film.
2: Yes, I know. <laughs> Well, that seeks us nicely onto Eric. Yes. Okay. Well, by recently seen, I was –
4: before I went to Greece, I was in hospital. I was having my gallbladder removed, and um, I had to stay in for five days in the end, which was more than I anticipated. So my flatmate brought in my laptop, and I watched the Maniac remake, which I discovered wasn't a great idea as I had various kind of tubes and things sticking out of my side. Um so every kind of slash and stab in the movie, I could re well, I was really wincing at because I could sort of feel the pain. But uh, I do agree that the film is very well made, very well acted, very strong. Uh, as jo- as Joseph said, it has a great score. It has this kind of electronic score that sounds like it could be from the 80s, but sounds contemporary, contemporary time, which I really liked about it. Um As with the original, it's probably not something I would go back to too often because the violence in it is quite cruel and extreme and it doesn't have that fun slasher feel that I prefer, you know, from something like Friday the 13th. But I do agree it is a good movie, although I'm still, as with the original, perplexed as to why sort of the moody title character manages to strike up such a good relationship with the female photographer when he's so withdrawn and seems so disinterested in any human beings around him. That bit is well, still... If, hmm? if
3: I could be fair, I think the girl, uh, she was kind of withdrawn in her own way. And, you know, uh, Elijah Wood, I mean, he's not wonderfully attractive, but he's a, he's a little more attractive than, you know, Justin the original L. guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so true. I think there's there's yeah. some kind of leeway but, there for that.
4: But, I mean, he does show signs of being a bit of a creepy weirdo early on in the yeah. film to her. And I'm just surprised that her alarm bells weren't ringing, to yeah. be honest. Uh, much more fun though. Uh, I recent I watched the other night actually, I got on Blu-ray the new Arrow release of The Car, which is the nineteen seventy-seven Universal Picture, which is kind of a mishmash between Killdozer and Jaws. Um, now to me, the film I'd only ever experienced the film on TV viewings, so it always felt kind of like a TV movie to me. But this new Blu-ray is in its original aspect ratio and it looks absolutely stunning and it feels really cinematic for the first time to me. Um, and the film is just so enjoyably silly and trashy and what makes it wonderful is that everyone is playing it straight. You know the the cast, led by James Brolin, and also the daughters played by Kim and Kyle Richards, the sisters who are so prominent in so many seventies and early eighties movies. And um, I especially love that. Really, I um, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's sound, it makes me sound really evil to say it's a hilarious opening sequence where the two cyclists are pushed off the cliff by the evil demonic car. But I mean, I just I could watch that opening sequence over and over. It's just so much fun. Um, it's a film um it's not going to make anyone's top 10 list i know it's 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 probably in i think i read on the internet movie database it's in the top 100 worst movies of all time which is probably why i like it but uh, i urge anyone who has any interest in the film to get the the blu-ray because it looks absolutely amazing
2: was it was it meant to be quite campy I, I don't think so,
4: it. no. Now, right. there's a commentary track with the director on the Blu-ray, but I've read reviews that it's a bit dry and a bit bland because the director is, is now into his mid-80s. Right. So he doesn't have a lot to say for himself, but... He keeps nodding off. <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. But, um, but from what I can tell, no, I think it's meant to be taken seriously. I mean, this is 1977, I suppose, when... Mm-hmm. You know, if it was made nowadays, it would be done like snakes on a plane, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. back then, I think it was made as a serious suspense movie. And I mean there are moments of, of decent suspense and horror in it it's just that the whole concept is just so ludicrous
2: mm. okay no well that sounds it's one i look out because it's again it's a film that i saw on tv back in the early 80s probably or mm. you know, mid 80s on on tv and sort of late night sort of bbc double bills so um yeah so yeah i'd be interested to check it out
4: mm. so, and yeah just one other one i watched mm. recently yeah. uh speaking of kyle richards she's also in the next one i saw which it's one I've come very late to in the day 33 years after it was released watcher in the woods which was the sort of disney movie they made when they were sort of experimenting with more grown-up features you know with films like the black hole and this one which uh stars holly lynn johnson uh, and her younger sister is played by kyle richards they move into this old mansion where the landlady is played by betty davis and she has a tragic backstory where her daughter vanished mysteriously 30 years earlier um now, I have to say that the film, as we were saying, like the film is is a great length. It's only 80 minutes, possibly less. Uh, and it starts out in typical haunted house fashion, you know, very much like something like The Nesting or uh, Amityville 3, probably it's more close to. And there's a great scene, actually, where Lynn Holly Johnson is looking into a mirror and she doesn't see her own reflection. and It's quite an eerie uh, image. Um, and then the film sort of later on moves into some fairly barmy sci-fi directions and there's a controversial ending to it actually that i didn't realize that was uh, suffered major studio interference um and you can you can watch the alternate endings on youtube if you want but i thought as a whole the film was was interesting um it does have that disney sheen to it so if you're looking for something a bit extreme uh, it's not the place to go but i was really impressed by it i have to say i don't know if has anyone else seen watcher in the
2: woods i think i saw yeah, it at the cinema i saw that years ago but i don't really remember anything
4: yeah about it. i imagine it were, probably would have been a pg in the cinema or mm-hmm. whatever the equivalent was back in the day what year was it 1980
2: 80 okay it would have been 11 so i think i did see it at the cinema actually but mm-hmm. i don't remember anything about it
4: yeah but i urge if it i mean it's not it's not an essential viewing item but uh i got a loan of it from my other half who had it on dvd and uh yeah it's it's one I'd, I'd read about in the past but didn't really know what the plot was or anything so i was really surprised particularly in the la with the last 10-15 minutes so i wasn't expecting it to go um in such a sci-fi area but uh yeah enjoyed it
2: excellent okay mm-hmm. well thank you eric is there anything else is that you
4: um no i think i've seen one that you probably have seen as well so i'll wait till to see what you have to say
2: okay mm-hmm. right well i'll just rattle through some of the ones i've watched um I watched this probably about three weeks ago, so I don't remember that much about it, but it was um, Sick Boy, which has uh, got Debbie Rochon. Is it Rochon? Um, Rochon. Rochon? Rochon? Or whatever. But anyway, Debbie, Debbie Rochon. Rockin. Rockin. Yeah, she's, Rockin'. she's in it. As she basically plays this mother um, who hires a babysitter to come and look after her child. And the babysitter's this kind of blonde... I think she's a waitress or an actress, but anyway, she comes to... And she's kind of she's she's got a face a bit like a slapped ass. One of those kind of characters. <laughs> yeah. so a, a face with character, basically. And she listens to she just listens to like really kind of misogynistic rap music for some reason, some weird kind of um character quirk. And anyway, she comes to she gets hired by Debbie Rochon to um to babysit and she's told that her son, that her son is really, really sick and he's locked in his room for his own good and she should never go downstairs. And, of course, as you can imagine, eventually she does go downstairs and no, yes <gasps> and um and then all <laughs> hell breaks loose uh, so it was actually it was kind of like it 's a low sort of mid to low budget kind of um, kind of zombie movie, I kind of guess and it's it 's actually quite good fun, uh, and I really like the ending to it um the main The main girl's a bit stupid, but she does everything she kind of in some ways apart from the main stupid action of going downstairs and you know, um, basically unleashing the zombie Armageddon on the world. She does mostly the right kind of things, which is slightly ironic considering she just did that. But it was, yeah, it's it's worth a watch. It's kind of a, like a, a little time waster. As
3: well, if you're if you're dumb enough to listen to rap music, you're probably dumb enough to go down into the cellar.
2: Well, it's just kind of bizarre. She's kind of driving along in a car, and it's all like, "Oh, bitches, shoot the bitch in the head!" And she's like bopping along at the steering wheel. It's just really bizarre. <laughs> but um, but there you go that's youngsters for you today but um so has anyone seen it no i haven't i was
4: was reading about it recently and something
2: yeah yeah i mean it's not great but it's kind of it's it's quite entertaining um
4: actually i think the review was in
2: the dark side magazine
4: i was reading on my holidays trying to escape from the mr bully himself and there he was mentioned three times in the issue i was reading
2: oh that's what his fame for you yeah i know it's gone to your head (laughs) Mm. I don't know. I'm sitting here yep. in a in a gold throne, surrounded by cats. Yeah, um, I imagine. Yeah. Hmm. So, <laughs> The a
3: glass of port.
2: <laughs> I've got I've got a uncanny that
4: impression. Uncanny. Yeah. A little, a little. I've been working on my ice. accent a little.
2: Yes, which um, everyone always does. Every, all, all the Americans I know always do that kind of slightly bizarre, you know, it's what we, Bobby. Where's the Bobby kind of um, type of English accent?
3: Was that which, your American right there?
2: Well, no, not really. I can't. am not very good at accents, and we've done we've done, we've done accents. To, to we have terrible effect. accents.
3: Everyone has a different accent in the states.
2: Yeah, I well, know. It's, it's like kind of,
3: no one's accents are like consistent with one another.
2: No, well, it's the same in the UK as well. You know, they. Mm. You know, right across the UK, you've got. You know, where in Bristol, where I, li- where I live, they, they, you know, it's it's a real kind of country, not country. who are. my lover. That type of accent. Um, the only like, because I'm from Surrey, so you know, so there's no no real accent there, apart from when you off. were when
3: you were when you were uh, in Surrey during your boyhood years. Did you romp with your school chums in the fens and spinnies when the twilights bathed the hedgerows like a lumbent flame?
2: Um, yeah, I think you did. So yeah, most of the most of the time okay. I did. Yes, <laughs> and then we go punting down the uh, the yes. riverway. Did you have to do Morris dancing as part of your curriculum? <laughs> No, I've never Morris Danced. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I think your British
1: accent, Justin, is not, I guess, as pronounced as what I see on TV. I was watching that show Balls of Steel. Mm. And some of the people on that show have, like, you know, the, the thickest accents.
3: Well, what's We've kind got- of funny is that the, I remember talking to Justin on the phone, like, Ten or fifteen years ago, and I couldn't really understand a word he was saying. <laughs> but now that we've all, now that we've all talked so much, I don't really even hear an accent. You just kind of sound American to me, both of you actually. Oh dear, it's, well, it's I was, seriously. I was, I mean,
4: I'm constantly mistaken for an American when I'm ever I'm in Scotland for some reason.
3: Especially Eric. I mean, Eric, I don't even hear an Irish accent anymore. It's kind of a neutral Irish accent. Yeah. When yeah. Did we...
2: When, if we go abroad, we're always asked if we're Australian or South African, especially in, <laughs> in, in America, in Los Angeles, we would like, someone asked us, um, you know, what J- uh, Johannesburg was like. So it's just really bizarre, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but there you go. So anyway. Isn't
3: that, isn't that Africa? South, yes.
2: Africa? Yeah. Yeah. South Africa? Yeah. South Africa. Yeah. So, but they've got really, their accent, the South African accent's quite, you know, quite sort of. I can't, do, I can't do accents. I wish I could do accents, but mm-hmm. I can't do a South African accent. But it's quite it – especially that kind of um, – that white Afrikaans is really quite sort of, sort of tight, kind of clipped. Yeah, think and of that, the lead character in District, thir- is it District 13, it was called? Yeah, yeah. 19. Like he, District 9. District 9, nine sorry.
4: sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a strong South African accent. Mm-hmm.
1: Justin, you can do an American accent because you did one on the last Lumber Party
2: podcast. Yeah, I know. I I have to psych myself up to accents because it always kind of comes out slightly wrong. So, but um, we know this
3: is all very exciting for you, listeners. (laughs) Yes, indeed. We're glad you're enjoying it.
2: (laughs) Well, talking of talking of um, slightly bizarre things, uh, the film I think Eric was probably hinting at was um, one that I watched. Actually, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you have watched it, but it's um, it was on the the new sci-fi, as in uh, the television channel. Uh, right, this, this shark, wasn't the one, but, but uh, I'm interested to hear what you thought. Okay, Sharknado, <gasps> um, yay! Which, which is, I am zeroing. Woo! Yeah, which was uh, which was premiered about two or three days ago in America, and through the magic of the internet, I managed to see it. Um, obviously, I took a private jet over to um, Hollywood and watched it. I was wondering. How came you back. Saw it, yeah. Yes, that's how I, exactly how I did it, Eric. Just so you know, um, that, that private I did that jet off the...
3: in the United Kingdom is a euphemism, by the way. Sorry. <laughs> private jet in the united kingdom is a euphemism by the way
2: it could be but not in this case not in this case well it kind of suppose it is but no it isn't but anyway um sharknado i i it kind of i I didn't like it as much as i thought i would i thought it it wasn't as good as mega piranha versus whatever they were the ones with um debbie gibson and um tiffany and i thought those are funnier (laughs) yeah sharknado was pretty funny and pretty you know there was some quite good stuff in it but it just it was almost slightly too ambitious and basically the 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 premise which is you know deliciously daft as most of these these kind of films are is that there's a hurricane is heading towards um los angeles and uh there's loads of sharks pushed up by the storm surge and also they basically uh, there's also tornadoes water spouts come on to land and the sharks are caught up in the tornado, the water spouts, and every time the water spout stops, the sharks go flying off and landing on people and eating them and flying through windows and um, and sort of various things like that. So <laughs> it's and also they all the roads have got their sharks in the roads. There's people there's sharks coming out of out of um, out of uh, kind of tunnels, you know, sort of water tunnels and um, they just keep on flying through the air and then sort of there's a great scene where there's also Tara Reid in it, um, the great Tara Reid, who's obviously in Urban Legends. I think that was probably her, the height of her career. apart from No, American her height of her career was Celebrity Big Brother, where she became best mates with Jedward. Oh, that's true, yes, of course. But um, she's in, she's in ho- well, not Hollywood Hills, but she's right in the hills, and there's still sharks out there. They managed to get in there, and these sharks f- managed to fly through her window. And for some reason, I'm not entirely sure how the bottom part of her house floods, and there's sharks in a hallway. And she's up a hillside, so it just goes to show it's obviously not going for believability. But it was, yeah, it was entertaining enough. It wasn't, I, it wasn't. There was something missing. It was kind of, I don't, I don't quite know. It just wasn't. It needed a Tiffany, I think, or a, um, you know, somebody like that in it. Um, it didn't. Or quite, a Toya. Or a Toya. Toya would have been good. She, would she was one good. of the
3: sharks. She was
4: one of the sharks. Well, there was there a was a shark. scene
2: they've seen at the end set in an old people's home so she would hey
4: no (laughs) what (laughs) yeah she could have been a nurse there a nice young sprightly nurse in the nursing home uh
2: there's not enough latex um changing Susie's bedpan you should have went yeah yeah well you
4: could have had him but you
1: didn't you you failed
2: (laughs) so anyway sharknado i take it you've seen it nathan do you watch it?
1: Actually, I haven't, but I saw okay. the trailer and it looks amazing, so I have to watch it.
2: Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. I mean, it's definitely enjoyable. It's just, I, it was, and also, of course, being an asylum film, the it basically they do all the special effects on the price of, you know, a couple of meals at a fast food restaurant. So the CGI, there's lots and lots of CGI and not much of it is very convincing, but I kind of guess... You know in twenty or thirty years' time there'll be people like us talking about these movies and doing podcasts on them and seeing them as the great kind of like um you know the fun sort of retro kind of films and laughing at the c g i uh, but I would I, you know I don't know what the budget was, but apparently it was it was i don't know why this one really took off in public consciousness but it's it was it got you know even Mia Farrow was tweeting about it. Mm. Um, which was bizarre. I think I think okay. probably the
4: title is just so outlandish. Yes, uh, hilarious.
2: Yeah. Well, there's also other ones, isn't there? Kind of. I mean, there seems to be like a massive resurgence in shark movies. I've just added. Mm. There's that bait movie, isn't there? And there's they said after on the obviously the the private screening I had in Los Angeles. It said after, afterwards on the Sci Fi Channel it's two headed shark attack. Um, on the um, the the file I accidentally downloaded. Um, on my way back from Los Angeles. But anyway, so that was um, <laughs> But So anyone else seen I, it? No,
4: but I did see Asylum have a new movie out called Atlantic Rim. Yes.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. they, it's amazing. And I guessed
3: that uh, about four months ago, I said, I bet you a million dollars Asylum will do a movie called, yeah. I, I said Atlantic, uh, I don't remember, Brink. I think I said Brink. Because oh, right. they, they, yeah. I, but you know, it's still the same same movie. Yeah. I guess, and it happens. I've
4: still never seen any of their movies. Are they're pretty bad? I
3: mean, they've got a couple that are you know if, if they've done a couple where they actually did original stories, and they're not terrible. I mean, they're not great, but they're actually not bad in a mm. in a sense. But when they did these mockbusters, they're pretty much terrible. They did one for Cloverfield called Monster, which was pretty awful. And course, they did dead, one.
4: For, snakes on a train. They had as well.
3: <laughs> they did one for the Transformers. Of course, the Transformers films are pretty awful in their own right. But they did one called Transmorphers.
4: Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> so
3: <laughs> uh, except- David from the forums, BTK, he he came up with a pretty fun idea. I thought would have been hilarious. They did one on the talk. To- they didn't do it, but they should do one on the Toxic Revenger. He said it's called the Toxin Revenger. <laughs> I thought that would have been kind of funny.
2: I did see on Facebook someone had done a mock-up um, uh, of a, f- a film called Cage Nado with um, Nicholas Cage's <laughs> coming out of a tornado, which I thought would be pretty fantastic. <laughs> um, but yeah, His cover
3: in such fiduciary straits right now. He would probably actually do that for the page. He yeah. What about he Goth would.
4: Nado?
2: Well, that Lots could of be. goths in a tornado. That would be cool. Or Toya Nado. Toya Nado. Oh, oh that's
4: brilliant. Yeah.
2: yeah. That would strike the Fire. fear into oh, anyone's yes. heart, wouldn't it? Um, it would make me very happy. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, there's a demographic of one. So, shut, up, shut up, you. But um, well, I was just also thinking about the, yeah. the people, obviously the, the thing that hasn't escaped our attention is certainly here on Hysteria Continues. There was obviously the word rim, which we alluded to earlier, and obviously right. that has a double meaning. And I was just thinking about the porn. It doesn't really even need, you know, if there's anyone looking to make a porn version of it, you mm. know, where do they go with it? I mean, it, you could well, do, that. There's, there's
3: a porn star called Pacific... They could just cut Pacific's RAM
2: Or Pacific yeah. Quim.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah,
2: I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of, where do you go with that? But, um, <laughs> but, uh, but yes. So anyway, that, that. and But seeking nicely onto this, um, and I wonder if Eric, well, find out if this is the one you're talking about, but it's not actually a film, but it's a TV series. And this links back not only to Toya, um, in a kind of in a seven degrees or six degrees so Kevin Bacon way, but also Idris Elba, who is in um, in Pacific Rim. He's in a the third series of um, called Lufa, which is a not Lufa as in the brush, but Lufa as in the uh, the, the German whatever yes. sort of the, the name Lufa. And he plays a detective, and he was the guy who was in, was it, the, what was that, the, the film you are talking about? No, the TV series. It was the
4: Wire. Talking, the Wire, that's right. Wasn't he in Prometheus, what? no? Was he not in Prometheus? Yeah, he was in Prometheus oh, oh, right, as well. Okay, yeah.
2: yeah. Well, Lufas is, I haven't seen any of them. The reason I started watching this one was there was, um, that basically, the first person murdered in it was left dressed as Susie. Susie Sue. So, so basically, yeah. So this killer had gone into this house and this woman, who was like a businesswoman in her forties, and killed her. And when they found her, uh, she had a fright wig on, black fright wig, and black in black leather and fishnets. And they were having a discussion, Lufa and his the other cop, about whether or not Susie was was um, gothic or post punk. So it was quite bizarre, Mm, interesting. But the reason I'm mentioning it now on here is that. Um, whoever made it are um, obviously fans of slasher movies because the killer. Um, there's there's a number of moments or scenes in in the two I've seen on the third season, um, and I won't go into any details on it. But basically, there's um, it plays out exactly like a slasher movie with this killer. In one, um, breaks into a cu- into a uh, couple's house, and um, attacks them and kills them. And then he also. Um, goes and hides in a wardrobe in a nurse's house where these three nurses come home, and he's basically stalks these nurses around the house. Um, so it's got real slash movie leanings. So if you um, have any opportunity to watch it, then it's definitely worth a watch. And also, it's very good as well. It's um, it's very very well shot and uh, quite twisted and uh, quite uh, very entertaining. So, so if you if you do you get Luther over there no i've heard of it though mm. what so, channel is it on uh bbc one all oh, right now monday yeah. so it's worth watching it's definitely worth watching mm-hmm. though so um and the last one i'm going to talk about only very very briefly by is the the last kind of film i saw at the cinema was world war Z, or z if you're in the states. Um, uh, which I kind of enjoyed I thought it was quite entertaining it wasn't bit, it's funny enough that the people I was with who aren't big horror movie fans enjoyed it a lot more necessarily than I did I thought it was quite a good film but also I've, I've read the book which I really really liked a Max Brooks book which was excellent um, and I, I liked it but I could see really see the kind of cracks in it where because you know it's one of um, you know if any film they were thinking was going to flop really badly in the summer it was going to be this one um, and it hasn't it's done pretty well actually, but um, it did its budget was spiraled to over two hundred million I think, and they kind of completely reshot the last third of the movie and um, instead of featuring a massive battle which they all shot apparently it was all shot in um, in uh, yeah, the red square or whatever in in Moscow and um, they completely scrapped it and then reshot an ending in Wales, which is kind of slightly huh. slightly which is slightly bizarre um with uh set in a lab so it's kind of cheaper but it kind of worked worked quite well as being chased around a massive great lab by zombies but it was uh yeah i quite enjoyed it it wasn't quite as 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 good as i I thought it was going to be and also what was interesting about it is there's no blood in it at all there's hardly any gore or blood at all in it there's lots of violence but it's all kind of off off camera pretty much um because um, Brad Pitt thought it would be a good idea to make a zombie movie without any gore, which is a stri- slightly strange thing to to do. But um, but has, have any of you seen it? No. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it, it's worth a watch. It's quite spectacular. I mean, the the opening scene in New York, which is actually in, shot in Glasgow, where they um, <laughs> which uh, did you not know that. No. Yeah, they shot the opening scene um, model for New York. It's all shot in Glasgow. So there's lots of people running around, going "See you, Jimmy!" Like this. The um, as <laughs> Americans up and down the up and down the street. Um, oh dear, our Scottish contingents are going to be <laughs> yes, complaining but, about that. Um But it was it was yeah. So that was very spectacular. But uh, and th- there's great scenes set in. Um, in uh, the, the uh, in Israel, because Israel's the only place in the world that has this big wall around it, so they to keep everyone out, or the zombies out, until someone puts in a toy record. Um, what? <laughs> well, it's not a toy record, actually, no. But they get attracted by this um, this bad singing, because uh, they can of attracted to noise, and so oh. they keep they you've probably seen the trailer where they're rushing up the wall and they all bundle on top of each other, and then I they should listen to the Lord's
4: and Prayer on the Susie and the Banshees
2: first album. Then, Oh that would be wonderful. We know the old story The old story about They Susan Banshee said It was fantastic They used to um, There was a wine bar um, They used to put on Voices Which is the B-side of Hong Kong Garden When they wanted all the yuppies to leave At the end of the night And they put it on And they all run out The run out With their hands over their ears Ha ha So Yeah <laughs> But that was on purpose So anyway that was, That's me done So um, So No the, uh, the one
4: I was thinking of was oh, um, yeah. I know that you've bought it as well The Happy Birthday to Me When a Stranger Calls Double oh, yes. Blu-ray Yeah
2: okay yeah, I watched When a Stranger uh, Calls actually the other night, but uh, yeah.
4: Yeah, so did I. I mean, because I've never owned When a Stranger Calls, believe it or not, in all my time, because I don't rate it very much, to be honest. Mm. Uh, the first 20 minutes are great, the rest of it is kind of like, um, what's the movie I'm thinking of? Don't Answer the Phone, it kind of reminds me of, which isn't a film I'm terribly fond of. But um, it, was, it was dirt cheap. I got it for like 10 euro, so. And I did notice that all the subtitles are in uppercase, so it makes it look like everyone's shouting.
2: Right, okay mm. I, I thought when the strange so yeah. when a stranger calls looks absolutely fantastic on it i mean it 's never because i 've got um I, I have an old vHS copy which is one of one of those films that has just kind of basically started to fall apart now, and I think mm. when I tried to watch it, I could watch about five minutes of it, and it just kind of basically went into complete snow and started to make strange noises, so I kind of ejected the tape before it chewed it up, which is obviously one of the pleasures of v h s um, but uh, but now it, it just looks incredible, you know. It looks so, you know. They've done an amazing job with it. Mm. Um, I haven't haven't looked at Happy Birthday to Me. Does that? I imagine that looks. Yeah, it looks um, good. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, the, regarding the soundtrack, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference to be honest, because um, I'm, I'm just like that. <laughs> it's
2: what, like when a girl me, gets or... a new
4: haircut. I just don't. I don't notice, you know, that type of thing. So, but
2: well, it's the same. It's the right soundtrack, isn't it? On this release, that's
4: what that's what Johnny said when he was on with us mm. on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, I did see one other film when I was in hospital um, I was trying not to laugh because it hurt when I laughed so I, I put on a film now it had this line of dialogue so I think Joseph might be able to guess what film this is can you guess Joseph? I'm going to go oh no, not on brockery oh no, not on curry fra. can you guess? Uh, no. is it Orgasmo? no, it's not a film that you normally would laugh at it was Police Academy 2 <laughs> um, yeah. But that particular line of dialogue Made me laugh quite hard And it really, really hurt um, But now I can say it with, with, uh, Without going into Convulsion Spagney And I'm still saying it like a month later
3: mm. Not on Wrong. Rockery Police not Academy on... 2 sucks I don't remember much
4: about it Except that yeah. it sucked mm. Well, it has that little racist bit in it That it was quite funny So
2: <laughs> You racist well, offending no, it is yeah. Offending mm? the Asian people Scottish people Yes Anyone with taste It's, um, <laughs> yes So... Right. Well, that well, was... I thought,
4: I like. Please can me two come on the TV? Uh, and I said, "Okay, I'll put that on because it won't make me laugh." But it did. I am ashamed to say.
2: <laughs> and are you with your after your operation? Are you? Is that sorted out? Your Your sort yes, of it
4: has. I haven't vomited at work yet since I had the operation, which is because <laughs> I was vomiting at work quite a lot.
2: Right. Okay. Yes. Well, I'm glad to hear it was success. Yes. So, I think we and should I still, I still like Toya. Well, it wasn't a it s- success completely, but, um, but I think uh, talking a toy, we should move on to our top three bitches.
0: <gasps> what?
2: <laughs> I walked into that. I totally walked into that. I can't believe it. Oh uh, well, well, I, well. I think we'll yes, we have uh, we have a certain, well, you know who coming up, don't we, Eric? Who? Oh know? yes, 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 yes. Like, you know, here, okay. Please. Well what we're gonna do, and I think it's gonna be really fun, is we're gonna be doing top three bitches and um and also a little extra little surprise for fans of the cat's flushing the toilet, which I'll we'll talk about in a minute. But what Ooh. we're gonna do is, um, courtesy of Joseph, thank you very much, is we are gonna do play the clip first, so you can play along at home and try and guess <coughs> who this bitch is. Um, um and we're gonna start with you first, Joseph. Is that okay? Sure. Okay, well here's Joseph's number three.
0: Hello, Sydney. How are you? Hey. What do you want, Gail? Well, I was hoping I might get just a few words with you. Cotton. Hi, Sydney.
4: Here we are at Windsor College where Sydney Prescott has just been reunited with Cotton Weary for the first time since she wrongly accused him of murdering her mother. What the hell are you doing? We want to know how you feel. Tell us everything that's happened, looking back on the last two years.
3: Uh, Sydney, I'd just like to say that I forgive and forget. Just like you, I'd like to get back onto my own life.
4: Do you have any comments? You bitch! <laughs> hey, hey, that's,
3: hey, hey uh, it's it's not on Oh,
4: Sydney, share with us, please!
0: Oh! <laughs> I'll share with you!
3: Okay, okay, okay?
0: <laughs> Did you get that on film? Yes, I got that Come on film! Sid? Wait,
3: wait, wait, wait. Where's she going, Gail? Sydney, Where's she going? Gail, I, I thought we had an official interview. What's going on? There? She didn't know? Man, that was cold.
0: Hey, you need to check your conscience at the door, sweetie. Uh,
3: I'm
0: not here to be loved.
3: Gail,
2: you promised me 10 minutes of national
0: You'll get coverage. your 10 minutes when I get my goddamn interview.
4: Okay,
3: Okay, Joseph. and uh, I think the they gave it away with Sydney and Gil, but that's Gail. Weathers it's Gail. From the...
4: It's Gail from Carnation Street, no? Yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: Gail from the Scream series, uh, particularly Scream 2. Uh, I always thought the characters were kind of just kind of hit or miss or bland, but I always liked Gail. She's like, I think Courtney Cox did a really good job of playing that, you know, that bitchy kind of news reporter who kind of straddles the line of being likable and kind of totally unlikable. Um, I love, I think she has some of the best, you know, dialogue and yeah, I think her character kind of evolves more than anyone else in the series, and so that's that's why I picked her as one of my bitches,
2: as it were. Excellent. That was a good choice. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. I, mean, I really kind of... like
4: Courtney Arquette. I'm not gonna call her by a real name, because jo- Justin will just re edit it to make it sound like I'm I enjoy something rude about a man's body. Um
2: but I do. <laughs> Don't I think deny she's it.
4: I think she's very likable in the scream series.
2: She's, no? Yeah, no, I think I think she is. It's just a shame in some ways. She loses that kind of. She becomes a much more kind of softer, doesn't she? In some of the other. Well, it's films.
3: like the the worse the worse her haircut gets, the the nicer she becomes.
2: Mm. So. It's
4: inversely proportional. Let's draw a graph.
1: <laughs> Even when she gets nicer, though, she still kind of has that edge there. Yeah, you know, edge. like say Sydney doesn't have. Mm. To be honest, I like Sydney, but I just don't think she has the the edge that mm. Gail has.
4: Mm. Gail's feisty. She deserves to be a final girl.
2: Mm. She does. She does. I don't think um, Courtney Cox has got any edges left on her face now after the (laughs) photos I've seen recently.
4: (laughs) Why are you always so mean about people I
2: like? (laughs) She looks like a baked potato now. You're all being mean. I just don't understand. I I really like, you know, I think she's a really attractive older woman, and I kind of that, going for that kind of pillow face look. It just doesn't look, I just don't, you know that obsession with kind of plastic surgery and stuff is it's it, you know it just makes people look weird it does mm-hmm. you know kenny rogers hello oh god he looks god he looks like um, a cabbage You picked a patch fine doll, time though, to he?
4: leave me Lucy. he does look like a cabbage patch doll it's true yeah
2: <laughs> yeah so well what can you say but um and some of them oh and the other one i saw sophie Lorraine, god she looks like mr burns now uh, <laughs> simpsons <laughs> She's, she looked really beautiful up to about two years ago. Now she's had some weird surgery. like She's got like kind of weird cheekbone. Oh my God, yeah. Have you seen her? Oh my, yeah. I'm just looking at a picture here over now on the internet. That's, oh my God. Why? Yeah. Why do that to yourself? Why not just, yeah. But anyway, um, you know, I'm not against a little nip and tuck, but there's, there's you know, something to be said, you know, I'm sure for that, you know, if you have it done in a, in a good way, but if you're going to end up looking, you know, like a cabbage patch doll, it's just not, never going to be a good look. Just go no. with your real. Justin eagles.
3: enjoys the tuck.
2: Oh yes, <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> all tea, no shade. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you, Joseph. I think Eric. Should we move on to your number three? Yes, Let's please. Play your clip.
0: Julius is the only senior I'd even consider doing it with. He is so good looking. Gorgeous guy at 10 o'clock. Accentual. I think it's time for some recreational activity, girl. No thanks. Don't be a lightweight. This is top dollar, too. It's not that. It's just, you know, if we get caught, I could lose my science scholarship and everything. Talking to the prom queen, Eva. Do you really think I'm going to risk getting caught? Jesus. Have you guys seen my dog? I think he came his way. Did you care for a head? No
4: thanks. space cadet. Wonder if she'll knock on us. Okay, okay. that's um, anyone can guess that. I'm sure you can. Yes, you already know anyway, so I don't yeah. even know why I'm asking. <laughs> yeah. It's um, it's Tamara. From Friday the Thirteenth, Part Eight, Jason takes Manhattan. She's the the coke upped super bitch who has the superior uh, superiority complex, and she's trying to lead Kelly Who down the the wrong path. Uh, she uses her who? nerdy vi- Kelly Who. <laughs> who? Not on Brockery um oh, god um she, she uses her nerdy video expert um well so-called friend to try and frame her headmaster um you know and for all her bitchiness i do end up kind of feeling sorry for her because i think her death in jason tanks manhattan is probably the most the sequence is the most suspenseful and the most probably intense because i like the way she sort of peers at the door of her ensuite and sees jason in the room but doesn't quite know what's going on um yeah but maybe she does, actually maybe she does deserve slash. She does push Rennie into the into the ocean. Although Rennie is the blandest final girl ever in the history of any slasher movie, so maybe actually I am on the side of Tamara after all. So uh, yeah, Tamara is my number three. She's my she's my favorite. I even like her more than yesterday. Huh? Tamara, yes
2: Oh dear. Um, that's my
4: finest material. Is it? Yes. God. Then you're fired. Yeah. I'll get my coat. it will be the only Eric, thing. Eric, you're not
3: on. living up to your responsibilities. We're just, I'm sorry. We're going to have to let you go.
4: Okay. Speaking, Speaking of, of which,
3: package.
4: yeah, just like the guy who was originally to play the lead in Friday the Thirteenth Part Eight, he was sacked as well for not living up to expectations.
2: Well, he didn't have like a really yeah. horrible haircut, or
4: yeah, I don't. Yeah, he didn't look enough like Jason Priestley or something, so they yeah. sacked him yeah. okay. and brought in Scott Reeves. <laughs> I mean, just the two most boring characters in all of slasher history. Yes.
2: Well, I imagine we may hear um, from another Friday the 13th bitch coming up in a little bit, but um, Nathan, did you Amy have anything Steel. to add?
1: Um, I like her a lot, actually. I actually agree with Eric that I think that the bitch is uh, more interesting than the final girl in that movie.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. She's got better hair as well. Yeah.
2: And, of course, we are going to be moving on to the mega bitch sleepaway camp a little bit later so but there's two
4: mega bitches in sleepaway camp
2: yes that's true yeah Yeah, the fight of the mega bitches right Nathan here's your number three
1: so Jamie what do you think about Meryl? I don't think she likes me. You're in the majority she doesn't like us too much either why is she such a a bitch? (laughs) see she used to be Jim's girl they were a hot item if you know what I mean only
0: nobody's supposed to know about it well, then how come you know? Jim talks in his sleep.
1: <laughs> Shut up, Dana. Oh, come on. It's not like it's a secret or nothing. Anyway, Meryl still wants Jim, but he's got us on younger ladies. She's been pissed ever since.
0: Mm-hmm. He also won't let her dance. Remember what she said about wanting to dance again? She used to be the best dancer in town. She made 5,000 a night, plus tips. She was hot, but that was like five years and 15 pounds ago. Now she's here to help us dance passing on the torch so to speak but she's always going on about how she's going to dance again just you wait and see i'll do it <laughs> if you're quite finished it's time to rehearse
2: okay nathan
1: that's from last dance um and in case you didn't know what was going on there they were all talking about that woman who came in at the very end and overheard them um oh i picked one of the girls that's in that scene um dana as uh number 3 because she is a a very huge bitch in my opinion she she has a guy proposed to her and she accepts his marriage proposal and then goes and sleeps with uh her boss like right after that and then laughs about accepting this guy's marriage proposal who she doesn't intend to marry to begin with and then there's a, a scene where he catches her and her boss um her fiance quote unquote And when the boss says, come on, it didn't mean anything, she gets upset and then runs to her fiancé and wants him to beat him up for her. (laughs) She's, yeah, she's, uh, but she's great at playing a bitch. I'll give her that much. And I really like her character anyway, but I like bitchy characters to begin with, so.
2: Okay, well, it's a good choice. I haven't seen Last Dance for a long time. Is that the one where someone gets a bucket on the head? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Death by Bucket yeah because, um, several people get hit with a bucket and then killed mm. and bucket has a uh, several different meanings doesn't it um but, <laughs> yes but not in this film but anyway no so who wants could, could... to hear
4: something really bizarre
2: i've never yeah. even heard
4: of last dance have you not no oh, you should watch it no, is this can... a night is this the one a 1992 movie where someone is killing off contestants of a skimpy dance-off yes yes, yes. okay i'll have to look that further into that I Never be, even heard of it. It'd be
2: right up your street, Eric. Yeah, so, so skimpy dance-offs are what I'm all about. Exactly. Yes. So, well, thank you, Nathan. Is there anything else you want to say about um, last dance?
1: Uh, just that Eric needs to watch it ASAP. Okay,
2: okay. Great.
4: It's on my to-do list, along with you know, Bob
2: Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> so, were you going to add something, Eric? No, I was just going to say, wait, you know. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Well, here's my number three.
0: If that gun is real, you are all in serious trouble. We thought you might need a little persuading. Well, what's wrong with the swim? Come on. It's not much to ask for four years of
4: putting up with your shit. Now go on.
0: Get out of my way. Go on!
1: Uh, Vicky, I... <laughs> on, Vicky!
3: I... Oh, what the hell are you I doing? I, need-
4: I know exactly what I'm doing. Vicky, it's not funny anymore. Shut up, Liz. You all want this as much as me. Someone's going to get hurt. Give me that gun. <laughs> okay, me She's all
0: right. Oh. Oh. later Slater. Move it!
2: Okay, well, that was um, Vicky played by Eileen Davidson from a film we've already covered on the podcast, um, House on Sorority Row. Never I've heard kind of, 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 of it. You have. Um... I really like it because it's what I think is she's not... Well, she's kind of a bitch, but she's not, you know, a mega bitch through the other girls. I mean, she basically hates the, the house mother and, um, you know, her bitchiness essentially is the catalyst for all of the murders that happen by, you know, what actually... If you haven't seen House and Sorority, Row, I'm not going to spoil it, but basically the bitchiness of this one character sets in chain the um, the events that cause... The death of pretty much all the characters in the film. And so that's why I've chosen her as my number three. And I think Eileen Davidson is, is a pretty good actress in this. And she has that kind of she has a kind of bitchy face. Did you hear that? Actually, another aside, did you hear that that um that new term bitchy resting face? No. Have you not heard of that? <laughs> it was um it was in the papers. It was saying that um there's a not a syndrome, that's the wrong thing to say, but um some women have something called a bitchy resting face. Where they're not being bitchy, but they they're when their face when they're just not thinking about anything, their face goes into a bitchy face. And it's it's called bitchy resting face. So <laughs> a medical term, isn't it? Yeah, it is a medical term. It's um it's now being used by you know in the finest surgeons and things. So you probably <laughs> I don't even get any plastic surgery to stop bitchy resting face. But yeah, apparently that's a that's a that's a known thing now. And, um, and some women, and prob- probably some men as well. I don't know. I don't know if men get a bitchy resting face. Um, I haven't seen you in the flesh, Eric. But, um, <gasps> but, uh, but yes, yeah, so I, do, I don't know if they can stop that or they can do any, you know, nip-tuck to stop, you know, give you a little smile. Um, so, anyway, that was my number three. Mm-hmm. And shall we move on to the number twos and the celebrated number twos? And we have a little twist on the, the cat flushing the toilet, courtesy of Joseph. And Joseph, coming in with your number two after this.
4: Lovin' it.
1: Hort, you didn't already. Oh come on, wasn't that the end of the song? Great. <laughs> Great. This thing is burned out.
0: Freaking Horace is gonna have my butt. Who's Horace? My freaking stepfather, an asshole residence. How'd that happen? What? Will you go out and plug the cord back in? Who unplugged the cord? Smoking the freaking bear. I don't know. Just go do it. Do you know how cold it is out there? I don't give a shit, court. Go do it.
4: You're a real pain in the ass. It means you're a pain in the ass.
2: Okay. And
3: that is Nikki from Friday the 13th, part six. Jason lives... Uh, she has kind of a good reason to be a bitch. I mean, Court couldn't keep really keep it up until the end of the song. He's kind of like a one a one pump chump. It was so a twelve inch kind of under- remix. Yeah, <laughs> give him a break. Twelve inch. huh? <laughs> <laughs> So she, ha- she has a good reason to be a bitch. But I've always loved uh, D- uh Dar- <coughs> excuse me, Darcy DeMoss. I think she, you know, every movie I've ever seen her in, she has that kind of bitchy demeanor and attitude. And I think she, you know, for the short period of time she's on screen here, she kind of, you know, pulls that out of her hat really well again. So uh, I like her.
2: I like her a lot. Mm. No, it's a good choice. It's a good choice. I've You've never really to- considered her a bitch in that. Film. I didn't either.
4: Well, she was being bitchy to court.
3: Yeah, I know. She yeah. had good
4: reason. Just because mm. she wanted to get her thing.
3: Yeah, men, we don't know what we did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, thank you, Joseph. That's um, yes. Yeah. It's. Uh, I think we may have some more Friday Thirteenth coming up, and uh, considering I I bagged this one coming up after the the next two, much probably two um, Eric and Nathan Yeah, was it was kind of all
4: pre organized while I was away on holiday. So when I came back, I, to, I was slim pickings, I tell you.
2: Yeah. And I was out of town
1: when all this was being discussed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bitch, bitch, so, bitch. you know,
4: well, it's appropriate for the
2: top three. It is indeed. It is indeed. So my, so my
4: number one isn't probably even a bitch, but we'll discuss that later.
2: Okay, <laughs> right. Well, okay. Well, we have uh, Eric coming in with your number two after this. <laughs>
0: Bitch.
4: Hello. Yes, I thought you were going to play the clip.
2: Oh, sorry. Yes, you're quite right. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: so, oh, that's Justin. One cocktail, not too many. Sorry. Here we go.
0: I didn't know you and Brady had anything. Okay, you knew. You just didn't care. He's not married. Besides, I've got a right to do what's best for me. Don't you mean what you do best? Wise up to what men want, Rachel. Or Brady won't be the last man you lose to another woman. Have some coffee.
4: Uh, Okay. Yes. Have some coffee, indeed. That's the wonderful Kelly from... Uh, Halloween 4 she's easily the best thing in what I consider to be the second weakest of the Halloween sequels uh, after part six Uh, she really lives and livens up what is a pretty dour movie to me with her you know her her perkiness and she's like a really likable character uh, up until well even in the scene where she sleeps with what's supposed to be Rachel's boyfriend um you know I think she's far more likable than Rachel you know as far as I'm concerned she can bloody well feck off their stupid knitwear and her you know her prudish attitude um you know I, i was saying um that uh rennie from friday the 13th part eight is one of the blandest final girls ever well rachel from halloween four gives her a good run for her money i think um so kelly again far more likable even if she's a bit bitchy and you know gets it on with brady even though i think he is probably one of the ugliest um men in a slasher movie his face is all scrunched up or something i'm not sure what's wrong with it it's like he's had plastic surgery at the age of 18 or something um yeah kelly in halloween four she's got the bazongas i'm sure that that uh, joseph would appreciate and she's got the attitude for
2: the rest of us so it's it's amazing we are channeling bitch today aren't we (laughs) we are <laughs> yeah. Eric
3: is a mega bitch today.
2: I am. Yeah.
3: Well, I'm I mean, not going to argue. I'm not going to argue with it that I do like breasts. But why? Why is it always? Uh, Joseph will appreciate this because she has large gazungas.
4: Well, because we all know what you're like. You're all about the gazungas. Well, yeah, you're not denying it, I'm
3: not going to say what you're all about.
4: Yeah, because I'm trying Hoskins, to be not a. Bob Poston's back. Kind, I'm trying to be
3: the kind, gentle soul of the yeah, you, well, you
2: can be. You can be the Rachel. <sighs> Yawn. It's, this is like the interiors you can be illusion you. lounge, isn't it, Nathan? It's like the what? Interior illusions lounge. Nathan What's will get is? that reference. Oh yes, Rupaul. Yes, to, you know, but right, we're
1: not right. having. Are, are you having an absolute cocktail?
2: Um, no, I'm actually. Well, I'm drinking cranberry with ice. It hasn't got any vodka in it, but I have had a a, a a tin of Bex. so it's had a little bit of alcohol. But. Um, but yes, we should have all been drinking absolute vodka drinks that we should have made it even more of a bitch fest, I imagine.
3: Oh, I keep forgetting that you're like five hours ahead of us because
4: it's just, yeah, it's just, it's still too early to be drink. drinking, Justin.
2: Oh, Eric, come on. What are you drinking? White wine. <laughs> well, there you go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, oh. I'm Irish. It's expected of me.
4: You're supposed to be have, have higher standards.
2: Am I? Why, why would I have higher standards?
4: I
3: don't know. I'm drinking coconut with lime. I put the lime and the coconut and drink them both
1: up. Oh, that sounds quite I'm cool. I'm drinking nothing.
3: Actually, I'm not. I'm not drinking anything. I'm wearing nothing. I'm drinking in this wonderful show.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, we're rambling, but it seems to be all within um, um, the parameters or whatever of what we're trying to do, isn't it? Yeah. Which I'm not entirely yeah, sure so what So Big
4: thumbs up for Kathleen Kinmont in Halloween
2: 4. She yes. should have been the <laughs> final girl excellent you could have have knocked out michael myers with her (laughs) bazookas. thank you eric and um nathan i shall actually play your clip after this
0: look what do you have against valerie anyway nothing she drinks too much milk Wouldn't happen to have anything to do with how good a basketball player she is, would it? Or how pretty she is. She works at it. Do you ever notice how perfect her eyeliner is? Just so. No reason to be unkind. I don't like people I have to get to know. Can I borrow your deal? Hey, it's her problem she transferred here, not mine. Diane, you're a snob. Hey, only the best people are, you
1: know?
2: Okay, Nathan, what was that from? Oh, that was the wonderful
1: Diane from the Slumber Party Massacre. I mean, you can't have a bunch of high school girls uh, in a movie together without at least one of them being bitchy. And she fits that role very well. Um, and what you may not know is the girl she's talking about is overhearing everything she's saying about her. So I know how hurtful it must be to be, t- you know, for people to say you drink too much milk and that your eyeliner is perfect.
2: I can imagine, yes. It's a cutting... I and mean, that her, her feelings. Yeah.
4: <laughs> well, you can't have four podcasters together without bitching us either, apparently.
2: Well, I think we are... It's in keeping, Eric, isn't it? I'm only in character at the moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. In your character... Which
1: excuse just- every other podcast.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm in character every podcast, aren't I? So, oh, okay. Of course. Of course, yes. Um... So yes, no, a good good pick, Nathan. Anything anyone else wants to say about Nathan's pick?
4: I would have to rewatch the Slumber Party Massacre to uh comment, I'm afraid. It's been a mm. while.
2: Yes. Same here actually. I haven't seen it for ages and ages, so um but I'm sure that's something we will get around to at some point. Nathan, is that something are you gonna be picking some of those movies, do you reckon? Yeah, uh, on down the line, uh, I intend to. Why don't you pick it? Why don't you cancel your next pick and do this one instead? No, no, Please?
1: no! I really want to do this. Double. I'll feature. I'll give
4: you five dollars.
2: Yeah, Nathan has a double feature coming up, which will be, which will be. I'm not going to say what it is, but uh, imagine all your dreams coming true, and then you'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> so, um, so, <laughs> and not the two things. Uh, yeah. Anyway, let's go on to. My. in the toilet in the toilet flesh in the
0: toilet Eddie Eddie This <sighs> isn't gonna work out. What's the matter? I lied. <sighs> lied about what? About everything. You just don't turn me on, really. But oh, come on! At least I gave you a chance. I just didn't come
1: through. Anyway, I was kind of hoping Nick would come back and find you with me.
3: Why'd you lie?
1: You know, make him jealous.
2: That was the fantastic Melissa from Friday the 13th Part 7, uh, by uh, who was um, played by the late Susan Jennifer Sullivan, uh, who was a kind of ul- ultimate preppy kind of um, bitch, 80s bitch. She's dead? Yeah. Yes, yes. Didn't I did not
3: know that. Wow. Oh no, yeah.
2: She mm. died of um well she died in 2009 I think. Mm. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah. But um but she played a great bitch in this. She didn't do actually much. she went on I think she was in Click the Calendar Killer, Girl Killer um after this. But uh and one other thing, but she I thought she was really good in this. She was quite funny, but she was a uh, she was like the ultimate ice cold blonde bitch. Um who, who kind of had that real 80s... I used to really hate people who dressed like that, really kind of preppy 80s uh, look with her, you know, her pearl necklace and stuff. So, um, <laughs> what? She did pearl have a pearl necklace, necklace
4: on. Yeah, it, she did. Went all over <laughs> you, the carpet. Probably you probably had a pearl necklace on him several times, I'd say. Oh, Eric. <laughs> Continue.
2: <laughs> I imagine you've had a pearl choker in your time, haven't you? Ooh. So... Um, but yes, no, Melissa is is great in that, and obviously she's she's just kind of um, really really nasty to Lapa Lincoln's kind of who is a bit of a kind of quirky kind of weird character anyway. But yeah, she just kind of um, she kind of hovers haughtily around the the teenage party, with people getting stoned, um, and just telling them about how much her daddy loves her and what a perfect life she's got. Uh, and so yeah, I think she's she's you know pretty much the perfect slash movie bitch who of course. If you've seen Friday Thirteenth Part Seven, and I expect you have, she gets her comeuppance as you would expect in any Friday Thirteenth movie. So, but I, I imagine um, some of you others would have picked Melissa if I hadn't got in there first. Yes, yes, I would definitely. Yeah. I would have. Yeah, so. I probably would have. I would, for the audio clip, I probably
4: would have picked the line: "Is this what the way they wear the straight jacket in the mental hospital?" <laughs>
2: Yes, well, there's so many to pick from, wasn't there? I know. I also, yeah. yeah, and, and her performance
4: is quite satisfying, I think, as well, because it's one of the few remaining effects shots in the film. Yes. That, yeah. Yeah. That's I like still it
2: when she when fun. that when uh, Lincoln turns up and she just goes, "Oh, there goes the neighbourhood. Mm. and she has no idea of this who this teenage girl is just turned up is. She's just kind of immediately her, <laughs> yeah, her, know. her, her Uber bitch. And you were you were saying
4: on. about um the uh, i can't remember the character's name from house and sorority row but like she's nice to her friends and just bitchy about the house mother but melissa mm-hmm. is just really horrible to everyone around her it's like who invited
2: her to this yeah, party? exactly mm. i suppose she was just like the popular girl wasn't she i can i guess because i've never been i actually it's a question this is lots of asides with this it's going to be a 45 hour long show but mm-hmm. um nathan joseph joseph you might know this because in your experience when you were at high school because obviously rewatched Heathers recently and you had those kind of really bitchy high school girls in there so the little clique and they were the popular girls was is that is that kind of a cliche of american high school to have those kind of i was you know I was wondering why Eric was saying about Melissa being invited to this party if she was so bitchy but would it have been a kind of pecking order kind of popularity thing
3: no not really i, mm. I, I never noticed that when i was in high school i mean you know some girls hung around each other but it was not cliqueish it was just more like I don't know, that's hard to explain but never in the kind of over-the-top generalization of slasher films no, not like that
2: at all Well that's probably why you never had a mad slasher at your high school <laughs> mm. well, We did once, but I killed him okay, oh. well, Fair enough, fair enough. Well, about, What like about you, Nathan? About
1: um, well, I mean I, there were popular people in my high school, but I don't remember anybody being, you know, just unnecessarily bitchy for any reason that I can think of. But I I always got the feeling that she was, Melissa was just friends with like one person, maybe the guy whose birthday it was or something. It was invited just for that reason and not because she was friends with the rest of them because even Maddie at one point just said she, you know, she just like, Melissa's like that with everybody except boys.
2: No, she does Mm. say that, doesn't she? So yes. Okay, right. Well, thank you everyone. That was my number Two. So we're going to go on to Joseph's uh, number one.
0: Bravo. Practicing for tonight? As a matter of fact, I was. Practice makes perfect.
4: Kim is always so perfect.
1: Uh, Nick likes me that way.
4: Really? You are keeping in mind that after tonight is all over, everything's going to be back to normal. I mean, Nick is king of the prom and you just happen to be queen of the prom. But that's as far
0: as it goes, Hammond. You really ought to tell him that. I'm telling you, okay? You seem a little
1: anxious, Wendy. By the way, who are you going with tonight? It's not who you go with, honey. It's who takes you home. I'll try and remember. You wait and see.
4: Just wait and see.
2: Okay, Joseph.
3: That was Wendy from prom night. I I think she's... uh, She's right up there with uh, the best of the bitches. Uh, plus, she also gets that, that wonderful chase scene, which we've mentioned before. Uh, I, I kind of felt, well, I don't want to say I felt bad for her, but uh, I definitely liked her more than the actual Jamie Lee Curtis character. I thought she was more interesting. And, uh, you know, she does all the things like trying to stir up trouble and, you know, dating that uh, Lou, is it Lou, the bully yeah. character? To try to you know cause controversy at the proms, she's just you know the arch- archetypical you know uh, bitch, and that's why I picked her for my number one. She has really good caddy dialogue too. They mm, have that brilliant. good back and forth.
4: Yeah, excellent. Yes, I agree. I chose yeah. the exact same clip for I think it was just top three dialogue clips from slasher movies, uh, and she would have been my number one if Joseph hadn't stolen her from me. Oh. Um, I do well, think she's really she interesting. I
3: think all letters removed.
4: No, I was no because i was on vacation as you would say is is when this was decided so Um, taking vacations yeah (laughs) um but i do think i think she's equally i wouldn't say she's more interesting than jamie lee curtis because i think jamie lee curtis is particularly is quite strong in this movie but i think she's the equal of and even though she's bitchy and unlikable she's really really entertaining to watch which i think is the reason why you kind of feel sorry for her when she dies because she is an entertaining character
1: Mm-hmm. I think I would agree with that. Uh, it's because she's so entertaining that you know you kind of feel bad for her when she dies. But when you sit back and think about it, like she is one of the more crueler uh, slasher movie characters. You know that's not a killer because you know she you know took part in Jamie Lee Curtis's um, sister getting killed when she was a kid, and then she's bitchy to her throughout school apparently. Yeah. On top of it, it's like, okay, I killed your sister, now I'm just going to be mean to you and try to steal your boyfriend.
4: Well, that's all it's part of a cover-up. Yeah. It's
1: transparent. Yeah.
4: yeah. But that, that, that dialogue, I think, is brilliant. But I love the way she addresses her as Hammond, not just as Kim. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. You remember that, Hammond. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Joseph, uh, and good number one. And Eric, I think we might know what yours are going to be yes Pity
4: antonio couldn't choose between us i certainly wouldn't mind if he took me home <laughs> and for what reason would he choose you when all you do is throw him in the swimming pool and make a nuisance <laughs> of yourself oh, antonio would understand it's only a little fun besides that's the best way to learn a foreign language in bed well when all you want to is become antonio's spanish-speaking mistress <laughs> <laughs> Dessert serve me antonio with chocolate icing and watch me devour his body good
0: idea bring us some dessert and see that it's got plenty of chocolate icing i <laughs> thought you knew <laughs> how to make a
4: joke antonio
3: why did you get upset? I was only doing what you asked
4: me. One great Latin lover thinks he can just sit there looking like God's gift to women, you lousy fraud. <laughs> What's he her? She really tore into you. Mm-hmm. Don't take her too seriously, Antonio. When it comes to sex, Inga's a little naive. Okay. Well, Eric, you course... picked yourself? Ha, ha, ha. Oh, Eric is Inga. Very funny. Um now inga i don't know if she, she's not the traditional bitch she's not the um you know slagging off all her friends and being mean i think she's more of a moody bitch um again it was uh, i had to really sort of scrape the bottom of the barrel for bitches that's not a very that's a very strange sentence to have to say it is um, yes uh so i chose inga so people may disagree but i do love her and i love the way in that clip like she's all flirting with antonio saying she wants to cover him in chocolate icing and eat him and he suggests the same thing back to her <laughs> and she goes throws a strop and storms off um you know she's completely she's bipolar i'm guessing uh so and every line of dialogue she has in the film is is outrageously entertaining you know particularly the one that we keep coming back to where she's bouncing up and down the bed pretending she's having sex with ralph um, so that's why i've chosen inga you may disagree that she's a bitch but Hey, you shouldn't have stolen all the good ones from me.
2: Ah, uh, yes. No, no, I think well, she may so. not be a bitch, but you are. You, <gasps> you make
4: me cry.
2: Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, it's yeah. Like the old deflection. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen it all before, I'm Eric. recovering from <laughs> Cry me a river.
4: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right.
3: Dickface. Pardon? What? Cry me a river, dickface. Oh, <gasps> God. It's a Gosh. quote from... Just like hysteria remember.
4: continues of a HR department.
3: <laughs> yeah. It? Follow it right here, buddy. Right yes. here. Yeah,
2: it's just out that door, Eric. Um, right, Just pass anyway. the water cooler. <laughs> Nathan, here's your number one.
1: Okay, slime buckets, listen up. The phrase for today is I myself
0: prefer a big, fat cucumber. Let's hear it. I myself
1: prefer a big fat cucumber.
0: I can't hear you. I myself prefer a big fat cucumber. Hey girls, I've got a big fat cucumber. Where would you prefer it? Get lost, losers.
2: Okay, Nathan, what's that? Why is your number one?
1: That is the wonderful Veronica from Killer Party. I like Veronica a lot because you know through most of the movie she's you know like a mean bitch especially to the girls pledging the sorority but I guess in a way she kind of needs to be because you know she's the one that's putting them through their initiation Um, but I always love the scene where the girls um, you know they they think that the frat house is haunted and uh, Vivian gets you know pulled into the basement and Veronica, you know, like tries to get all the girls to pull together and go downstairs all together to find out what's going on. I thought that was smart thinking, especially from somebody who, you know, I thought was just kind of a brainless bitchy character, but um, ultimately she's, she's awesome. And, you know, she's got her great lines of, uh, of dialogue when she's
2: uh, very cruel and mean, absolutely yes and did you see did you see that link i sent up about um that total film in the uk said that killer party was one of the best 50 sort of um cult films you'd never heard of. i did
4: i did and i, I agree with them
2: mm. so yeah, except that we've heard of it well we have we have yeah. of course but um but most people when there's a few on that list i hadn't heard of so i've, I've kind of gone seeking them out but uh you yeah, know it's very good very good choice nathan um anything else you want to say about that uh no no okay well let's just go on to my number one now i did i kind of kicking myself for not uh choosing i i don't know why i didn't go for the uh the bitchy wheelchair girl in psycho beach party because she had some great lines um was it patina barnes i can't remember do you remember? No, it was uh Rhonda. ronda okay yes um, that's right. But she has some great lines, isn't she? And I should have done that. But I haven't. I've gone for the old standby, which is another film we've, um, we've covered. But, uh, this is my number one.
0: Mom, it'll be all right. Daddy's down there. It'll be all right.
4: Oh, sure. Daddy's down there. He knows what to do. Daddy always knows just exactly what to do.
0: Cheryl, don't.
4: Especially when he wants to run
0: lives. That's a crack up, isn't it? He's a burnout and he's trying to run my life. Cheryl...
1: He can't do anything right. He's a waste, Mom. A burnout. Shut your bitchy mouth.
2: Yes, that was Cheryl and her sister fighting from nineteen superstition. Um, and how could we not end the sh- end, end the show, end this part of the show, with, um, without shut your bitchy mouth comment, which I think has to be <laughs> one of my favourite sound bites and one we have used quite a few times in the past. So, so, anything you want to say about that, or are you going to shut your bitchy mouth, Eric?
4: I'm going to shut my bitchy mouth because I prefer a big fat cucumber. Oh, okay.
2: Right. Okay. Um, and
3: I can keep it up till the end of the song.
2: Right. What about you, Nathan? Can you keep up? Um, pockets? I wore
1: my jacket that way in a mental hospital. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, well, there we go. So, um that is the end of um the bitching part 1. But we will be coming back with some more mega bitching uh, in part two of the show for uh, the main feature, which is Sleepaway Camp. So here is the trailer for the film.
0: Dear mom and dad, I've been at a Sleepaway Camp for almost three weeks. And I'm getting very scared.
4: Welcome. To sleep awake here.
0: Someone is watching you. Hey, love
4: Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Sleep away, Camp. You won't be coming home.
2: Welcome to Camp Arawak, where teenage boys and girls learn to experience the joys of nature as well as each other. But when these happy campers begin to die in a series of horrible accidents, they discover that someone or something has turned their summer of fun into a vacation to dismember. As a dark secret returns from the camp's past, or will an unspeakable horror end the season forever? Sleepaway Camp is um, is a kind of it's a film. When I first saw it, way way back in time, it was released in the UK as Nightmare Vacation on video, probably about 1984 85. And I it, it's, it struck a special chord with me when I saw it, probably around about that time, because I was kind of roughly the same age as um, some of the characters in the film. And obviously, most slasher movies around made around this time, uh, like for instance, the original Friday Thirteenth, d- didn't have any of the kind of the kids actually summer camp. Really, it was all about the older teenage or early twenty-something, or in slasher movie, um, uh, kind of the way the slasher movies often are, kind of late thirty-something, potentially teenagers in the film. So to actually have a film where there was a very young cast, it kind of struck a chord with me, and I know I'm not alone. I, in fact, I'm probably—I think I'm actually the same age as Felissa Rose is in in real life. So, so it kind of struck a, uh, a chord with me when I caught up with it um, when I first started. Hysteria Lives, I didn't like it quite as much. I, you know, I, the the Porky style humor and stuff kind of uh, started to annoy me a bit because I kind of just wanted a, a straight head slasher movie. But over the over the last few years, I've kind of rediscovered Sleepaway Camp, and I think it is kind of pretty much. Um, the the perfect kind of trashy, and I mean that in the best possible way, early 80s slasher movie, um, and it has got it all really. It's got the um, it's got the the gore, it's got some suspense, um, and it's got a delightfully twisted kind of aura to it. It's very un considering It's essentially um, a carbon copy of a lot of other slasher movies, at least in in theme and in some ways execution. There's a very, very twisted kind of unusual um, feeling throughout it with stuff, which I'm sure we're going to talk about, which does set it, um, uh, you know, set it apart from some of the others. And of course, it has that ending, which I'm sure we'll get to. So um, so I'm curious to see how how it holds up for the rest of you. So, Nathan, uh, I know you're a big fan of the sequels, but what do you think of the original Sleepaway Camp?
1: I think it holds up very well. Um, I really like um, all the characters in it. And, you know, for the most part, um, the people that are getting killed, I, they kind of deserve it. You know, I mean, like bullies are getting killed and, uh, you know, the the, the pedophile um, cook, you know, gets boiled. I mean, you know, he a lot of people kind of deserve what they're getting because they're just so unnecessarily cruel. Um, and. You know, I, I like you said, the ending is just, uh, it's a, it, Sleepaway Camp wasn't the first movie to do this kind of ending, but it was the one that is the most memorable. You know, like, uh, everybody's going to remember that final shot. Um, how can you not? Um, you know, it has some pretty inventive death scenes, too. I like the B death, you know, the guys in the, the bathroom stall and uh, the killer, like, you know, drops them in there and he gets stung to death. Although, you know, how he couldn't break that little wooden handle to get out, you know, is um a little crazy to me. But, you know, whatever. It's a fun slasher movie regardless. You know, it's the right effect, it's the right balance of fun and sleazy.
2: Excellent. Okay. Well thank you, Nathan. Um I will come back and talk a bit more about it. But um what about you, Eric?
4: Yeah, I didn't see this actually until it came out on DVD from Anchor Bay in 2000. Um, I knew of its existence in the 80s as Nightmare Vacation, but it just never was available and neither were any of the sequels. So uh, I, I arrived at it quite late and I remember being kind of disappointed watching it for the first time. I can't pinpoint exactly why. Maybe it was the sort of the quirkier tone that it had and maybe the, the Porky style feel. Um but you know, coming back to it in these last few weeks uh, to do it for the podcast, uh, I was just reminded about it. it. It's a lot of fun. It's very enjoyable, and I mean, it's definitely worth watching for a number of reasons. Uh, first of all, of course, there's that spectacular end shot, which I and I, I love the way that it just ends on that shot, and then the credits roll. I like the way there's no sort of um, epilogue to it. I think that that sort of strengthens the ending. Um, the, we were doing our top three bitches, of course, and Sleepaway Camp has two of the best bitches ever in Judy and Meg. Judy probably being, being the best. Um, her huge hair makes her head look enormous on top of her skinny mm-hmm. little body. Mm. She's like one of those bobblehead toys, I think. Um, but she's just such a wonderful character. And like she's one of those bitches that's just so entertaining. You don't care how despicable she is. It's just every moment she's on the screen, it's just really entertaining. And the same with Meg as well. I mean, and how Meg has managed to stay in employment at Camp Arawak is beyond me. As, you know, she verbally abuses Angela, then, you know, slaps her and shakes her and throws her into the lake. And still she isn't, you know, shown her P60 or whatever the equivalent is you have in the UK or the States. Um, It reminds me of Selena in Movie House Massacre. I mean, how she managed to stay employed in that place is just bizarre. I mean, 80s are probably a much different era than it is now. Um, Well, her
1: boss was an abuser, too.
4: Her boss, yeah. Um, in which, in Selena's case or in Meg's case?
1: Oh, I was talking about Meg's case. Oh, yeah, Mel. of course, because yeah, yeah cause he, he, slapped,
4: was... he, he slaps around um, Ricky all the time. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well,
4: that's because he's convinced that Ricky is the killer. Um, one of the other things I love about Sleepaway Camp is it's just absolutely wall to wall fashion tastic. I mean, of all the eighty slasher's movies, this has the tightest hot pants, the highest waistbanded hot pants. Uh, you've got cropped t-shirts that I only ever saw in sort of um, you know really really camp village people videos from the era Um, and then you've got that fake mustache I mean I don't care how bad the movie could be awful the movie could be um, terror at 10 killer but it would be watchable for that fake moustache because it's the best thing ever there's a character in it who uh, apparently he was a male model we'll probably get to this in the background who had to disappear for a photo shoot shaved off his moustache came back to do the his final few scenes and they stabbed put a fake moustache on him that looks like duct tape um it really is it has really sharp edges and it just it's the most phony looking thing ever i don't know how they even thought it would work I mean, they, they would have be better away... off shooting the character from behind or something.
2: Yeah, they might have uh, got away with it on um, on a, like a really bad video transfer. But I imagine if you saw it in a cinema or if it yeah. came out on Blu-ray, even on the crappy – I mean, the Anchor Bay DVD is pretty crappy, isn't it? The one I've got is the, – the the picture quality is pretty ho-hum. But, um, mm. but yeah, it still stands out, doesn't it? There's the, yeah. kind of the worst fake moustache
4: ever. Yeah. And, and it has the least discreet paedophile I've ever seen since Jimmy Savile. Mm -hmm. which won't mean anything to Joseph and just uh, Nathan, but you'll know what I mean. Um, In terms of the death scenes, they are quite creative. Um, I think probably one of the reasons I was disappointed when I watched it first is that it wasn't as gory as I was anticipating for an early 80s slasher, because I was all about the gore, probably even at that stage in my life. I was, you know, as I said, I'm not the most mature of people. Um, and I was listening to the audio commentary on the Anchor Bay track, and the, the director points out that the only blood in the film is the scene where um, the killer is washing the knife in the shower, and that's the only blood you see. So, um, But I the, like, the deaths don't need gore as such. I mean, there's the bee death, um, where you just see the character covered in bees. And for me, the highlight is... Uh, quite a disgusting scene where uh, they find Kenny's body, and he's he's sort of semi-decayed, and a snake, a water snake, comes out of his mouth and crawls over his face, which was quite grim. I thought for a film that had kind of a fun tone. Um, speaking of mouths, actually, Ricky has the most potty mouth I've ever heard in a stasher film. Cock-sucker. I mean, he's a so,
2: hmm? mm. cocksucker.
4: Yeah, he's like That's he's he's straight in from a Rob Zombie movie I mean he's only supposed to be what 13 or 14 and he has a mouth like that oh my god uh, his mother hasn't brought him up well I don't think um, if there is a problem with the film I think it's there's too, probably too many characters that they're trying to squeeze into their 85 minutes uh, you know but that happens a lot in, in slasher cinema so it's not a huge problem um, and it ha- I think it has a great, it captures a great summer camp atmosphere that maybe some other slashers don't and as you said Justin the reason for that is it actually has um you know, young characters. It actually has 13, 14-year-olds playing 13, 14-year-olds in the film, which gives it a more more of a meatballs feel than maybe Friday the 13th. But uh, as I said, the, the end of the film still amazes me, even though, you know, I've seen it a zillion times at this stage. Obviously, it'd be more effective if you don't know what's, you know, what's about to happen. Uh, unfortunately for me, by the time I got to see the film, I knew exactly what the ending was. But it's still, it's, I still find it quite powerful um it's definitely worth checking out and it has the immortal line i've got to take a wicked dump so
2: so much to like in the film excellent well thank you eric um joseph how about you
3: well eric was asking how meg could keep her job and i think it's pretty obvious since she's sleeping with a male of course of course that's there's, another there's thing the I was to
4: bring up yeah is yeah, she doing that is she doing that to keep her job or is she doing that because she's genuinely attracted to him
1: I don't oh, think wow. she was attracted to him. Yeah. Well, see, that's, that's kind
3: of she
4: indicative acts. of this. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I wasn't going to say anything.
1: Oh, that's all I said was, yeah. I just said, you know, the way she acted, like she was attracted to him.
4: Yeah, that's the, that's the vibe I got as well, yeah.
3: Well, either way, it's kind of indicative of this whole film. It's, it has this weird kind of vibe of, you know, in most slasher films, you know, when they delve into kind of sexual, sexuality, it's, you know, basically teenagers in love here. It's, you know, this girl who's probably 17 years old, she's dating, you know, the the, the owner of the camp who's probably in his 60s, and then you have that that pedophile who's, you know, basically, you know, going around like a vulture looking for little kids. And then, you know, not to mention on top of that, you have the, you know, Angela who, you know, spoiler, big spoiler, turns out to be, you know, a boy. So there's obviously this repressed sexuality going on. It's just so weird and bizarre. This whole film is just covered, caked and permeated in that kind of uh, feeling, I guess you'd say. But um, yeah, it's like, one part, you know, just kind of a hijink summer camp movie, and then some of it's like really grim slasher stuff. It's kind of bizarre and all over the the, the place, but it, it really works because it's just, it's just like this whole melange of weirdness going on. And I, I do like the characters, even though pretty much 95% of the characters are pretty despicable and mean and it just kind of works here i don't know how they pulled that off but they did I mean, you know a lot of slasher films have all these hateful characters that you can't wait to see die but here they're all hateful and yet you kind of you don't really root for them but you enjoy watching them on screen you know from ricky's potty mouth to meg and judy's complete bitchiness and and then you got that uh ronnie who looks like a freak of nature on steroids and with all his flat acting and Males overacting to Ricky, thinking he's the killer. And and then you have that kid who is, I think he was in The Last Starfighter. I think that was the same movie. I can't remember. He was in one of those big 80s uh, science who, who movies. Who was? He's Sorry. the one who likes, the boy who likes Angelo.
2: Oh, right. Chris, he was in one of those.
4: Yeah.
2: It's Christopher Collette. was in one of those. He? Uh,
4: he's in Firstborn, I think, with Corey Haim. Yeah. Uh, I know that. Yeah, he's in one of those here. science kind of
3: movies, like The Last I Starfighter, or Manh- Manhattan Project, or something yeah. like that.
4: Yeah, it's Manhattan Project. He was in. Yes. That. Yeah, yeah. And he was in that's The that. Langoliers, which is a great concept, but yeah. not a terribly great TV miniseries. But...
3: Yeah, I mean, everybody, every character in this movie has some sort of huge flaw, but, but yet they're very enjoyable to watch. Um I think my favorite scene I've always that's always stood out is this the scene where uh uh what's his name the uh Kenny where where Kenny's actually under the boat and he's he's calling for Leslie he's like Leslie and then the killer just pops up out of the water I always found that scene to be really you know kind of startling mm. uh, but interestingly enough I first saw this film in 1985 or 86 I, we had rented uh it might've been 87 or so. I don't remember. We rented, I remember we rented summer camp nightmare, but Sleepaway camp was in the box. So when we watched it, we were like, well, this has nothing to do with the what's in the box. And there wasn't a label on the tape. So when we took it back to the video store, he was like, Oh, it got mixed up. So that was, that was my kind of introduction to Sleepaway camp. You know, I, So, you know, a few years after I'd seen it, I'd kind of forgotten about it. And so I'd kind of got, you know, Sleepaway Camp and Summer Camp Nightmare kind of mixed up. So I was like, you know, that movie with a girl turns out to be a boy. I want to see that again. I think it's called Summer Camp Nightmare. So I went to rent that when I finally watched it. You know, it it wasn't that movie. And I'm like, well, what's the movie? So I finally found out it's Sleepaway Camp. And that's pretty much, you know, my legacy with the film. But, yeah, I really do enjoy it a lot. It's definitely sleazy and definitely just bizarre and out there. But uh, yeah it's it's legendary i'd say definitely
2: it certainly is legendary isn't it i mean should we talk a little bit about the the beginning scene where the um because uh, i love that that overacting of the because of, of the movie the sk- <laughs> yeah the water skier um yeah. which we started the show with it's the, uh, the i mean basically if you've not seen the movie we are going to spoil it in a minute so just be aware of that i think uh, we have already spoiled it <laughs> Oh all right, okay. What well, was we okay.
3: <laughs> you're talking about the opening scene? The one, the one bit of the opening scene that I always laugh at is right after the boat hits the the two. Well, I guess it's two mannequins pretending to be teen, the, the teens. It, it pans to the uh, the lover standing on the beach, and he he looks like Stanley Tucci, but he his reaction is just so funny because it's so nonchalant. He's just like John, I always laugh at that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but i love the because they basically they the director obviously said to that the girl who was in the water the water skier who just said okay just freak out and then didn't say cut and yes. she was just going oh my god oh my god someone help them help them oh my god help them someone you know he just she must be thinking he's going to call cut in a minute and he doesn't and just goes on what seems like an eternity um and surprised <laughs> she didn't sort of lose her voice after maybe she did after that but um but then, of course, that leads us on to um, Aunt Martha, doesn't it? Who is again <laughs> oh, one yes. of the one of indeed. the films? Oh yes, I believe there's a whole bag. <laughs> I was thinking that one thing I've never seen written about about Aunt Martha. I mean, Aunt Martha essentially is is Ricky's mother, supposedly, and Angela's aunt, and who after the the accident, in which she be her uncle. Film, well, <laughs> that's well. This is the thing. This is the thing that I think it is. Um, I, I've never seen it mentioned, but there's a film from 1971 called "Aunt Martha Sometimes Does Dreadful Things," and <laughs> it's. It. Um, I, have you have any of you seen that? Yes. Yes. No. Yes. You have. Yeah, because that's two gay men, isn't it? One of them dresses as a woman, as a, pretending to be Aunt Ma- uh, a woman called Aunt Martha, and kills people, and so I wondered. If they were, if that had come into that whole that idea of that had come into play with Aunt Martha, and there was because there, there was lots of talk on the on the internet and various things about whether or not the woman who played Aunt Martha was in fact it was actually a man playing a woman, but it's not, is it? Oh, actually, I was just making a no. joke.
3: Because no, but the, they, the a lot
2: of people. She's dressed in a slightly kind of almost like a um, uh, sort of almost draggy look, isn't it? It's kind of. She had a manly
3: kind of face as well.
2: Yeah. So but then she chose to play it in such a weird way, you know, that kind of like that really affected kind of way which none of the rest of the film is like that, is it? Is almost you something <laughs> that can stop. So. Sorry?
3: Sorry. I liked it. I like her reasoning for um, you know, Peter being becoming Angela. We've already got a boy, so you'll have to be a girl. I mean, no one's ever had two two two, two boys before, so
1: Well, I that's think her, reasoning. her... I think that her husband left her and she had like a nervous breakdown and that's why she's so weird and crazy.
2: But it's funny, isn't it? Ricky is not at all affected by it, is he? Yeah, Um,
3: I know. Except for his his potty mouth. Well, yeah, the potty mouth.
2: But But yeah, no, she's... I I wonder if Ricky
3: knew that that he was a boy.
2: Yeah, because it's never quite explained, is it? I don't think they ever really knew. I don't think
3: so. I
1: I don't think that Ricky knew.
2: No, I don't think he did. Um I mean he's very protective of Angela because obviously Angela goes to Summer Camp, which is probably the worst possible place for her anyway, because she's chronically shy or he's chronically shy. Um and then drives uh Meg and um and Judy to distraction, doesn't she? Yes. And I love the fact where they I think they on the commentary they say um he's just basically her her, her kind of, um, you know, to auditioning for the role was to sit in a corner and eat a chocolate bar and stare into space. I could do uh, that. Yeah, exactly. I was, so, but that's how she got Oh my the role. God,
3: Eric's a girl.
2: <laughs> hey, I want to eat the fizz of a girl. <laughs> but, um, but uh, yeah, I love I loved um, uh, Judy as well. I mean, as like you talked about there, Eric, but about the high waistband. I mean, her her shorts when she when she, when she we first see her, she's got those red shorts on, and mm. they're so high, aren't they? They're almost yep. under her chin. <laughs> it's it's just so bizarre. It's kind of an, and Meg's got that amazing headband in the um, mm. in the cafeteria scene, isn't she? Which I thought was uh,
4: I like the way she spells her name as well for everyone. M E G. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um I mean it's also the the whole psychosexual stuff going on in it I mean it is it's just kind of completely fraught isn't it I mean the the weird you know the whole the paedophile thing which again you just uh, considering the, the age of the children there um and the fact that um Phyllis Rose did the film she was only 13 at the time and it's kind of you know and he's making all these jokes about baldies and stuff and none of the people around him are even really batting an eyelid are they I yeah, know. that's what I was
3: gonna say. The 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 guy James Earl Jones' father, who's the the other chef there. Yeah, he just he kind James of laughs at father, him. Yeah, yeah, that's his father. Nice. Right. Yeah, he he just kind of laughs at him like he's like, Artie, I don't think they want to know what you're thinking. <laughs> what a dick! I mean, go tell somebody. Hey, we, we got a pedophile working in the kitchen. You might want to take care of him. No, he laughs at him.
2: Yeah, you would have well, thought they would really have something
3: funny. Mm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but, but then, the thing is, he
3: but he did get probably, a raise. He he got he get promoted to head shift, so he gets a raise. But
4: yeah. the paedophile is one of the most despicable characters in it, and he it's sort of you know inferred that he doesn't die really; he just gets scalded.
1: Yeah, yeah it might be, a be a, worse than death, though.
2: It could mm. be, yeah. yeah. Mm. And then, of course, you've got Judy's fate, which is basically getting hot tongs oh, at the minge. Yeah, and so know, woo-hoo. Yeah. which is kind of pretty, sort of you know, again, there's you know, it's kind of it was a it's hot leg. Oh, yes hotly, um so yeah, it's got all this kind of weird stuff going on, and of course, the whole kind of you've got the two gay dads, and then you've got like the end with you know and it's difficult i I wondered whether or not because I saw some people talking about this and whether or not you think it is fundamentally i'm not saying I'm not saying I agree with this, but whether or not people are talking about whether or not it's a homophobic movie in so much as it is it around about the fear of gay people the 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 film itself or not. The only indication
4: that I would get of that is when you see the two girl, the two kids laughing at the two guys, you know, Mm -hmm. snuggling up in bed. I think the psychosis of Angela is basically because she has been adopted by a psychotic woman more than anything else.
3: I agree. Well, I have a question for Eric. But before I ask the question, um... I think I I can understand why you know Angela is so pissed off to kill people. I mean, not only is she pretending to be a girl and she's really a boy, but she has a small winkle, so she uh, <laughs> make me want to kill too.
4: No, it's a, it's probably just it's a cold night. It's like nighttime by lakeside. It's probably really cold. It's shrinkage. Yeah, she went yeah, swimming. Tongue she like she's hung she like a donkey. Swimming. I'd say.
3: <laughs> now, I'll Eric, wait. I have a question for you. Yes, if he wasn't well, if he wasn't a pedophile, would you find the the the, the cook to be your cup
4: of tea? Um, out of everyone in the cast, yes, because he's,
3: he's all burly and bearded
4: and yeah, 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 maybe, and... yeah, possibly. Although what if, they, a... what
3: if they cast Bob Hoskins as the pedophile? Oh yeah, would that ter- would that would that have upset you? No,
4: no, not
3: just upset that, me that, that Bob he's just
4: It would just it would upset me the
2: fact that he was interrupted in the middle of unzipping himself. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Eric. This is, this oh
2: this podcast is, is going into so many places yes. that probably shouldn't do. Isn't yeah, it? but um, <laughs> I mean, again, it's kind of the weird thing about the film is it's that kind of. I mean, it's got that baseball game, hasn't it, which goes on for about ten minutes for to no purpose whatsoever, really, has it? You know, and
4: they, they bowl they bowl sort of underarm in sort of girly fashion, yeah, so sort, of, sort of just lob the ball at the batter. Whereas normally it's in the procedure to go over arm and just absolutely wallop the ball at the person
1: playing softball, it's
4: yeah, oh. cricket. You'll think what you're thinking
3: cricket, Eric. <laughs> what was the character's name? The counselor, uh, not Ronnie, but the guy that sort of looks like Ronnie, who is kind of you know, you know, stocky and muscular as well. Uh, he was the other guy that um, he, he was on the baseball team. Does anybody uh, remember we his name? His oh, name. Gino. Yeah, Gino. G- yeah. I, there's one. Fu- there's one funny scene with him. Him, where uh, he comes in after they've done that whole, um, you know, cut, cut off his vision, and he raises it up into uh, the kids, his asshole, basically his nose.
4: Oh, that, ew, that practical yeah. joke. He mm-hmm. comes
3: in. He kind of gets onto them for having that knife. And then he's like, all right, everybody go to bed. And you too, lover boy, And then they all pile on him. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's a big guy. He just decides, okay, maybe I'll do it too. And he just piles on top off all of all of I know. Them. That was very <laughs> sus, I thought.
1: It's yeah. like
3: God, he's going to crush everybody with all his muscles and
1: stuff. I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. I like um, when Judy got slapped. Oh, that, was, that slap scene singer. is brilliant.
4: Yeah. Flat, yeah. She's a real carpenter's dream. Flat as a board and this in need of a power. screw. Ew. Fuck <laughs> off.
1: I would have expected the
0: girl that slapped her to be the one that would
3: have done it out of everybody in the movie. <laughs> she's Somebody kind of set up as like, – she's probably the only one who really cares in the film. She's the only one who has, like, any empathy with it for anyone. So you almost kind of expect her to be this final girl, but she kind of just disappears.
4: Well, do you notice the way that she, she lets Judy have her say, and then she stands up and says, stop it, Judy. She doesn't, like, interrupt yeah. Judy in the middle of anything. She, Yeah, she's kind of – um. Un- unassertive, I think. But I was watching that. That, that I have the film on the background, and I was watching the scene with the bees again. And it would have been very easy for uh, Mister Epic Dump, or whatever it is, to crawl under wicked. the door. Wicked. wicked dump, crawl under the door or over the door of the cubicle, um, because there's you know a lot of space there.
2: Uh, mm. But again, it's yeah, but who would
1: want to get on that dirty bathroom floor?
2: True. Yeah. Well, they're being stung to death. Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Yeah, pig being stung But it's kind of weird, isn't it? Because I I started to watch it, and they, 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 the bees come in. You hear all the bees buzzing, and him screaming, "Go! Oh my god! Oh my god!" And there's no bees, is there? You don't see any bees flying about at all. But then you get the shot of him on the ground, or not the the kind of whatever the prosthetic of um, the dead body on the ground, with the bees completely covering it. So it was just strange that they didn't have a few bees flying around in the periphery of the original, Mm -hmm. you know, the opening shots of that. but, uh, um,
4: are bees that dangerous?
2: <laughs> if uh, you stuck a, like a bee's nest into somebody's
4: house, would it would it sting you to death and cover your face?
2: I don't know. To be honest, I don't. Because I don't African think so.
3: No, a lot well, of these death scenes are indeed you know kind of painful to you know in looking back at them. Like the bees and the the snake coming out of his mouth, and then certainly Judy with the the curling arm. But one death scene that I thought was really disturbing, and you don't even see it, is when they happen upon. The, the kids that have been camping, they've all been killed, and these are all like five-year-old little kids, and they, they just see their bodies laying around. And mm. I thought that was really disturbing.
1: Mm. They shouldn't have laughed at her.
4: Yeah, was, they did. They were throwing yeah. sand at her.
1: Yeah. yeah, they were like throwing sand and laughing at her earlier in the movie.
4: Uh, okay, yeah. that's
1: well, I
3: mean, why. I being five why. years old, that's one thing. You don't know what you're doing, but these teenagers deserve wow i mean that's one i mean what i'm saying is one shot that they don't really even focus on it's probably more disturbing than the actual you know uh, money shot death scenes in the film like the the curling iron and everything i found it more disturbing than
2: that Hmm. i mean let's i mean let's talk a little bit more about the 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 ends of the film um i mean i I really liked, you know, the fact is that not only is Angela now obviously completely mental and she has she's cradling um, the the head of uh, what's his name? The who's the guy? Um, Paul, Mike, is it? Oh, Paul. Paul's Paul. head in her Paul. lap. And um, but she's also taken time to back comb her hair. If you notice. <laughs> it's kind of like really big. She's got like a big kind of. Do you know, sort of like a sort of uh, sort of big backcombed mess of air. Uh, so it's just like it's a bit like in uh, the end of Urban Legends, isn't it, with the um, the women in that? That uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's the bigger the hair, the bigger the more psychotic you are. Well, well I think well, I like. That's
3: funny is that uh, Angela, you know, turns out to be the killer. But every time they show the killer's hand, it's this big muscular looking arm, almost like it's got veins popping out of its hand and everything. It's obviously not her arm. And I'd, know whose I'd heard, arm that it was. That, uh, I'd heard that it was Ricky, yeah,
4: well, the kid yeah, who played Ricky. It was
3: his arm, like doing yeah. all that.
4: Well, what about this, Sorry. What about the scene where um, we see the killer standing backlit in the doorway as he's or she's about to kill Judy? Hmm. Is that is that Felicia Rose standing ta- in the doorway?
1: No, <laughs> not no.
2: about is. that, didn't they on the um, like commentary? It. Do they? Who do they say it is in the commentary? Well she says to him you told me that was me was that me i don't remember so i don't think they they yeah. could remember cuz you who it can was.
4: sort of half see the face of mm. whoever is standing in the doorway it's hard to tell but it is probably probably um tierston Jonathan... tierston yeah
2: Well, it's kind of what, what i thought was funny was that i mean just just a little aside before we got onto feedback in a, in a little bit was the was the fact that apparently the reason that Angela didn't play, that there the wasn't the hands used in that, was it was in a contract that she wouldn't be involved in any of the death scenes, which is fair enough, but her parents signed, um, said, oh, it's okay for her to be in a scene with a, a paedophile putting his flies down and saying, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, do you know what I mean? That was just like really weird. I don't understand why she's she in a slasher movie. Kinda- So that's kind of like, you know, how it is in America
3: now, like people balk at, you know, people being topless on TV. But yet, you know, there's all this violent content. They don't really, you know, bat an eyelash to. It's kind of Mm. like that. Mm. Mm.
2: So it's taking a slip of my ginger beer. Um, Okay, so is anything else? (laughs) I, hmm. I just wanted to say Joseph
1: was all used to be very, very mean about the character of Susie. He always called her a mongoloid. Who? You.
3: Susie. You said, Which
1: one's Susie? Which one's the Susie? The girl that slapped Judy. You said when that mongol oh, right. slapped Judy. And I remember it like it was yesterday when you said that. Because it was a very mean oh, yeah. she,
4: she does is. have a, a potato-esque head.
2: Another potato-esque head. It's a, yeah. it's a bitch fest, this show. It totally it's is. Mrs. Potato... Mm-hmm. One thing I did—they keep—they keep on talking about doing a, a, a remake, apparently of this. Um, we can talk a little bit about the sequels uh, shortly, but I did think: Can you imagine if they got for Angela, they got Shang-gela, Um Oh my gosh,
1: that would be awesome! I want to see Shangela play Angela.
2: Yes, and uh, again for Joseph and Eric, this probably won't make any any. No, sense it doesn't make you. any sense to me now. Hallelujah! Uh, Hallelujah! It's um, it's another. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race, Shangela oh, is right. probably the most annoying character in that. Um, and her, she said her name, it's like Angela with a shush, Shangela. <laughs> and she's just like this really annoying drag queen. So she'd be fantastic as um, as as Angela or Shangela in the real. Can remake. I
1: say um, that um, as far as the sequels go, I do intend at some point to do a double feature of two and three on the show. So just FYI. I'm yes. not going to pick Return to Sleep. Sleepway Camp, I don't want to, uh, I'll never pick that one. If one of you guys want to ever pick that one, that's fine. Uh, but I am going to pick two and three at some point. Are you saying
4: say there I, is a slasher movie out there that's beneath you?
1: <laughs> it's not really beneath me. It's just too annoying. All right. The hmm. well, well, problem actually... is, I think they captured lightning
3: in a bottle with Sleepway Camp unintentionally. I don't think, I think a lot of this just came off unintentionally. And so they tried to, you know, capture that same feeling intentionally with the Return to Sleepway Camp, and it didn't work.
1: Not
4: no. at all. Can I just no. ask you a question, Nathan? You said that uh, the ending of Sleepaway Camp had been done before. What uh, What other films?
1: Yes. Oh, no, I no, no, no. Because I'll spoil no. it.
4: All right. It is a slash. I'll tell,
1: you, no,
3: I'll tell you
4: after the show. Yeah, you can tell me after then. Yeah, okay. Okay.
1: I've
4: probably seen it. I just can't recall. Yeah. Hmm. Okay.
2: It was done before Sleepaway Camp, yeah? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I... T- I kind of skim watched return to sleepaway camp this afternoon because I've never seen it before. And I had about I an hour before the podcast. So i just thought I'd just watch, watch it. And I knew I can watch the whole thing. So I skimmed throughout it. Um, and I could certainly see why it would be really, really annoying. because um, there's the fat kid, isn't there the one who's Alan? Being, Alan. Yeah. Who's, oh, who's God. And he's always, he's always bullying and always saying he's being bullied. And he, funny enough, you reminded me of something
4: Eric. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> shut up,
3: Weber. Eric. I'm changing your name to Alan. Um,
2: but have you? Is anyone, anyone else seen that? I haven't seen it. Oh no. God! Is there
4: is there a lot of um, the original cast in it, or is there a lot of flashback footage? Because IMDb um, credits a lot of the original cast in its yeah, listings. Yeah, it. there's in a lot it. of
1: the original cast uh, that yeah. comes back. Yeah. Oh, Rick, they're they're back. Ricky, they're back in
4: it. Ronnie, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh my God, Isaac Hayes is in it as Charlie the Chef. Yes. Yeah, it's just it it uh, such a misfire. Is it a, is
1: because the character of Alan is, is supposed to be, I guess, kind of like the Angela from Sleepaway Camp 1, but he is so unlikable. I mean, like Justin said, he's a bully himself. So, I mean, it's hard to feel any sympathy for him when he gets I hate,
2: picked on. I hate
4: people like that. Mm-hmm.
3: And he's always screaming and crying and he's just yes. so obnoxious and uncouth oh. and he's disgusting. He never showers and he's just, ugh, hated him. Hated that movie terrible.
1: So I mean I, when people that picked on him start getting killed off you're you almost feel sorry for them. Mm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's a shame they got killed because he deserved what they gave him.
2: I didn't I won't mm-hmm. give away the ending, but I did quite like the ending is not obviously not a patch on the original, but um, did you the not movie. guess
1: though? The oh yes. twist so, At the
2: end. As soon as you saw, that <laughs> other as character, soon as you saw
1: the character, you knew that that was what was going on.
2: Yeah. Do you think, mm-hmm. that, do you think the person who played that character was the character person at the end? Or do you think they just,
1: yes, I do. Yeah,
2: it, was. it was. Okay. Yes. Serana de Bergerac, wasn't it? It was a bit. Um, oh, the full movie is available on YouTube. Oh yes, you can watch it. I was probably worth watching it on fast forward, like I did. Just kind of um, yeah. some. Um, the special effects are quite good. The gore scenes are pretty full on, aren't they? I love the bunk bed death. I thought that yeah, was very bed. inventive. With the bitchy, um, the big black girl, and isn't it candy. the same
4: director as the original, Robert? um yes. Robert Hiltzik. Yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's, look, bit, he's looking to do a fifth one as well, isn't he? Well, they didn't. What was the? I mean, I didn't. You know, basically, there was. We had the first film, didn't we? And then we had the two done back to back. Well, Nathan's going to cover, and then, then there was the Sleepaway Camp Four, wasn't <laughs> there, or the Survivor? Survivor. Was that the, and what it was unfinished? That's yeah, a different movie, is it?
4: So to Return to
2: Sleepaway Camp. Yeah,
3: it was camp. unfinished. It was unfinished. It was going to be the fourth one. It was going to kind of call back to the original, but they never did finish it. But John from Retro Slashers basically found all the footage and kind of compiled it into not really a movie, but it's more of a clip show, but it's kind of, you can watch it as a movie. It's on uh, one of the DVDs, I believe. Oh, it is. Yeah, it was released.
4: Feature. Yeah, they released the three movies as a box set, and that was a special bonus disc, I remember
1: mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I would watch that on Fast Forward as well. It's just mm. a girl wandering aimlessly in the woods for like thirty
2: minutes. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of dull. Yeah. Right. So, but is, is they, are they trying to make another one as well? Is that is that? That's the, what um... I read on Wikipedia, okay. which, of
4: course, is a reliable source for everything. Oh Yes. Uh, yeah. So let's talk, let's talk
2: to... about the director because um, he's Robert he, Hildzik. He's kind of a strange character, isn't he? Well, he never did anything else, really, did he? No. No. no well, the the rumours were that it, this made so much money that he never needed to work again. Um, really? Well, yes. I don't know if that was true. Um, it, 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 it was a big hit, wasn't it? Relatively, anyway. It apparently, outgrossed. Um, it made double the amount of Amityville 3D, and outgrossed Yentl on its um, its New York run. So, so, it, so it obviously made him a fair bit of money, but. I did read he said something um, and I'll let you guys go with the feedback um, with the background and in a second. But just the one thing I was going to say was that he said um, uh, someone questioned him about Halloween and stuff. And he said, oh, yeah, it was an okay movie. Um, It was almost like he hadn't really he kind of basically almost said he hadn't really seen any slasher movies. And it wasn't it was it wasn't the reason he was making it, which I find quite difficult to believe, although it has got that kind of really quirky, weird sort of feel to it and things going on that you wouldn't get in a kind of safe slasher movie, would you? So but um but what about you look um Joseph, have you got any backgrounds for us?
3: Uh no I didn't really research. I mean pretty much everything about this movie's been kinda it's kinda like the Halloween and Friday the thirteenth. It's been discussed to death so I didn't really go looking for anything. I'm pretty sure most people know everything there is to know about it.
2: Okay. Um, I've got a few bits and pieces. I mean, I haven't. that's like, like you say, there's an, a, a massive amount <laughs> out there, but. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> 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 Nathan, have you got anything you would like to give us? Who? No. Nathan? All no. right. No. 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 Okay. What well, about Eric? What about you? Can you. Okay, well, I'm just. Can... Um, I'm
4: looking on Wikipedia here, and it says the purportedly final film in Hilt 6. Uh, sleepaway camp trilogy which would be parts one four and then five it says it's also in the making its working title is sleepaway camp reunion distribution has already been arranged via magnolia pictures for dvd with a limited theatrical release planned in 3d so that's what the the plans are for the the fifth film in the series um i don't know i hope angela's
3: pp doesn't come out at you in 3d
4: wow (laughs) imagine if it did it would have to they'd have to uh, increase its length from the end of part one for that to be <laughs> in any way effective <laughs> yes um, what else did I find um, if you go to sleepwalk it's sleepwalkcampmovies.com is the mm. web for it uh, it has interviews with a lot of the cast members um, including uh, Loris Salahan uh, which is probably pronounced incorrectly. He played Billy, who was the one who was stunk to death by the bees, I think. But he was saying that in the skinny dipping scene that they had an audience of locals who'd set up who'd set up deck chairs and picnics for themselves on a nearby shore to watch all the men get naked. And he said, uh, the, night, the sight of all the naked film studs-to-be bouncing into the freezing water set them into some rather questionable behaviour <laughs> and set me walking off the set, he said. So I wonder what this questionable behaviour that the locals were doing was. Uh, yeah, uh, I, d- I always wondered that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, John Donne, who played Kenny, who, of course, is the guy who uh, gets killed after the canoe upturns and who, the snake comes out of his mouth. Uh, he had a large chunk taken out of his hand uh, when the canoe flipped over because it hit a rock at the bottom of the lake. Um, and he had to be taken to hospital. Uh, let's see, what else do I have here? Uh, Judy played by Karen Fields. Now, she doesn't have a huge resume, but she did go on to p- provide voices on the first series of The Simpsons, not as any of the major characters, but just as some of Bart's friends. Um, so, I mean, I haven't watched the early Simpsons episodes for a long time, so I don't think they're as good as later ones. So, uh, but, I mean, she did have a minor career afterwards. Uh, I don't have a lot of other background, I'm afraid. As you said, there was so much of it out there, too, and I was on holidays as well, and I'm recovering from surgery. Aww. Yeah. Oh, Angel, that, that's She was also there. in
3: uh, Silent Madness. Or
4: was, was that as, as was Paul D'Angelo. No, Meg was in. Wasn't the girl who played Meg in... Um, oh, yeah, Meg. Honey. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, and so was Paul D'Angelo who played um, Ronnie, was it? He was in Silent Madness as well. Mm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Which one in Silent Madness was Meg? Was she one of the girls killed in that scene where the video game and the upside-down aerobics...
2: I uh, know she's. I think she was the one that survives, isn't she? She's the one. that oh, – All right. Yeah, mm. I think that was her. So, uh, yeah. my you know, memory is so it? bad. I mean, with these films, like these films we reviewed like a
4: couple of months ago, they're just completely gone out of my head.
3: Yeah. All these shows are blending together. Nathan and I were talking the other day, like, "Oh, we should cover that movie," and then, like, two minutes later, like, <laughs> "Wait a minute, didn't we cover that movie?"
2: Oh no! Oh, and we, no. we
3: we still didn't even didn't even know for sure if we had.
2: Mm. I think if we and ever get to the point yes, where we... I don't even
3: remember what movie it was we were talking <laughs> yeah. about. <laughs> yeah, Hell Night.
2: Did we? Did we cover Hell Night?
3: Yeah,
2: we did. Yeah, okay. I think. Yeah, did we? we? Did didn't we? Yeah. No, I'm not sure if we did. We. No, we did. I'm not yeah. sure. Yeah, we
4: <laughs> no, we are. We did do it definitely. Okay.
2: okay. <laughs> well, if yeah. we ever get to the point where we record a whole show and then realize we've already recorded it on, that it's time for us to stop, isn't it? I think so. Yes. <laughs> First time <laughs> you
4: stop drinking, at least.
2: Yes, that's true um and may may that time never come hopefully yes so i'll just i've got a bit of information here uh it was filmed in 1982 in the fall of 1982 in sort of september october um it was filmed uh in and around a place called camp owl Al, owl gone
4: call
2: owl good new york um which is on summit lake which is where the director he went when he was a kid and that's where he said that he got the whole idea of of the of the film um you were talking about the, the the locals coming out to to watch the skinny dipping boys um but also angela and some of the other girls apparently did that as well and sneaked in to watch that scene so i think they were pretty much all had eyes on them um uh, the film was always one day behind schedule. I think the director said he had a storyboard and just ripped it up after. He said that filming in the water, the original shots in the water, was, was really, really difficult and time-consuming. Um, Judy, um, or Karen Fields, who played Judy, and uh, Catherine Cami were actually very sweet in real life and they were very good friends with um, Phyllis uh treated her you know, very well. Now, Judy was um, originally going to be played by Jane Kowalski, who is went on to fame in Thirty Rock? Um, oh. do you mm-hmm. know the blonde, the blonde. She was also
3: in Go. I remember her character in Go. Gosh. Yeah,
2: the blonde so, girl. Yeah. Apparently, well, apparently she turned down the film, or she originally cast and she turned down the film because she was um, wasn't happy with the, the how violent the um, her death scene would be. Although in, in reality, you don't actually see anything, do you? It's all shadows and stuff. And, um, and Karen Fields, who played Judy, apparently said that she didn't even read the script. She was just so excited to get at the gig. So it didn't really bother bother her, but she didn't actually read the script. Um, uh, the cast, I think um, they said they went to relax they, around. There wasn't really much to do, but they went to play, um, they went to bowling. And they went to watch the Amateur for Horror. Um, although I imagine it was probably Amateurville Horror 2, wasn't it? That they went to watch because that would have been around yeah, the, the yeah. time. Um, um, the, the director told Jonathan Tierston, uh that he wanted to make the most twisted movie ever when he when he made it. So certainly, I think he was when he was making it in his mind's eye. He he knew it was kind of you know he was making something different. He wasn't trying to make a cookie cutter slasher movie, and obviously there had been so many of those at the time. Um, the 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 man at the end playing Angela apparently had to get <coughs> drunk uh, to do it and cried all the way through it. <laughs> so having his winkle, very small winkle, on screen for for sort of um, half a minute or so. Yeah, uh,
4: but he had a, he had an Angela mask on, so nobody knew who he was.
2: No, no, fair enough. Um, the film was shot in five weeks on a budget of three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Uh, I think the return to Sleepaway Camp was something made for like something $4 million. Supposedly. That's what it
4: says on, on, on yeah. IMDb, which sounds unbelievable.
2: Yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. But the. God, uh, I wish I had thing. $4 million. Yeah. yeah. I can make a better movie than that. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently. I'm, I'm Rose... asking for
3: peanuts compared to that. Wow.
2: <laughs> Felissa Rose peanuts? turned peanuts. <laughs> um, P- peanuts. Okay. Oh, right. sorry. You know, like no. peas the nuts. Yeah. You've got it on mm-hmm. the brain Eric, haven't you? Yeah.
3: My potty um, mouth, the show. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm. But Felicia Rose turned down the chance to return as Angela in sequels because she had a a place at New York University um, and didn't want to give it up. So but um she does uh, make a brief appearance in Return to Sleepaway Camp. Uh, or actually not that brief of an appearance but she's in she does go back so she actually feels you know if you read sleepaway camp movies website um there's actually quite a lot of love for the film i think a lot of the interviews are quite old now because they did a reunion back in um about 2001 with a lot of the cast but mm. someone like katherine cammy who I, we tried to get for the show for when we did, covered um silent madness and i couldn't get hold of her and she's she's gone into quite a lot of stuff now but um, she was really enthusiastic about the film and said she'd love to come back, the character to come back. Um, uh, Judy seemed to, you know, when Karen Fields uh, really liked it. Um, so a lot of people seemed to be really enthusiastic about it. And the the other person, the last thing I was going to say was Ed French did the, the makeup effects. Um, he also did makeup effects for Nightmares and a Damaged Brain was the first one. He did Amityville 2, The Possession. Um, uh, he worked on that. He also did Chud the original chud which is i think it was a pretty good film and he also did the um the he went on to do quite a lot of much bigger films but he also did blood rage the the evil twin cool. movie with the um with the very very gory and disgusting special effects in it which i remember you joseph said that there were some special effects you don't really get grossed out by them but some of the special effects in that were did gross you out i seem to remember you saying um, no, but, I I always said that the movie was just
3: dull, but the, the the special effects in the film were just out of this world good. I couldn't believe how mm. good they were.
2: But uh, you, but yes, yeah, so he and he's gone on to do lots of things. I mean, he's he's still working today, so doing a lot of things. But he also did the makeup effects for Return to Sleepaway Camp in two thousand and eight, which um, uh, the first death in that has. He's some got an eye
3: for it. He's good. I'll give him that.
2: Mm. Yeah. Well, those. Um, I, I thought they were re- they were really really good in the, the, the bits I saw on YouTube the quality is not fantastic but um, it starts the first death is somebody in like a kind of homage to the first film of someone being instead of being um, having boiling water poured over them gets dumped into hot fat uh, like a chip fr- chip fryer and when the body comes out the f- the face is turned into a giant chip almost um, <laughs> covered in batter and it just kind of it's just kind of very well done. Uh, so so yeah, some really good special effects in that And um, the other one The other the memorable death scene Was having somebody's winkle being ripped off With some um, cheese wire Which is going to make you wince So that is the background on Sleepaway Camp Is there um, anything else we want to say about it Before we move on? Mm, I like it You like it? Well I know you What about Sleepaway Camp? Mm. Uh, I like it.
1: I like the oh, yeah. artwork with the knife through the shoe. Yeah, yes, mm-hmm. good artwork. Media, media put that out.
2: I wonder why when it got released in the UK as Nightmare Vacation. I kind of just guess that we mm-hmm. don't. Um, you probably, I, I doubt you have them in Ireland, do you, Eric? No. camps because the weather there is here's... summer
4: camps, but they're uh, summer camps. You don't stay in but then there's a we have a thing called the gale Talks, which is where you go away for three weeks to a basically a summer camp but you have to speak irish all the time and if you're not speaking english you're sent home really yeah
2: what is that for that's quite bizarre it's
4: it's encouraged yeah, it's young people just being encouraged to speak the irish the native tongue yeah so uh but i think I that like,
3: english was the native tongue that shows yeah. how dumb i am
4: well, English is the native tongue, Irish is our traditional language that is only spoken fluently by a select few. But I mean, the, the acti- like act- activity, yeah, yeah, exactly. Activity-wise, yeah. it's the same type of thing. It's like playing sports. sports. Not was Indian. That was, that, was, that it? That was so, yeah. That, was that close? That was very close, yeah. He just said, my name's Joseph, I have a tiny winkle, and I like boys. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I was going for. All right. <laughs>
4: can you
2: can you speak any gaelic
4: i can speak a bit i was speaking a bit in the interlude while um we had a when we had our our loo break i was saying things
2: were you right okay yeah yeah. i'll go back and listen to that Suggestive
4: things yeah
2: okay right um well that was sleepaway camp i hope you enjoyed our our trip down memory lane to visiting various bitches along the way so what we did didn't we so well, we never
4: got back to your question about Nightmare Vacation though? That's what was released oh, yes. over here. Um, Nightmare vacation. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but see, vacation is is another American term. So surely they should have called it Nightmare Holiday or something.
2: Yeah, Nightmare but Bank, Bank just, Holiday. Nightmare Bank Holiday
3: weekend.
4: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: Uh, no offense or anything, but I find the um, the artwork they use for Nightmare Vacation is very underwhelming in in comparison to the shoe with the knife yeah. of the shoe. It's just that yeah, no, it that face, that bald face, just kind of with its mouth open like a guppy
4: yeah but i think the for the sequels i thought the artwork in the uk was better than that yes in, yeah
3: oh yes much but better. For,
4: is. but for the first one yeah it's just the guppy face fish guppy fish face even is yeah it's a bit bland
2: mm. do you reckon that's where dana kimmel got inspiration for the end Could of be, yeah. part three yeah mm. yes Possibly. okay well that was sleepaway camp um uh, feedback do we have any feedback I have one. I don't. Okay.
3: I have a really, really, really long one, so I'll let Eric go <laughs> <the> first
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> You go ahead, okay. Eric. Okay, this is from Toronto Chris, and he says, Hey guys, I discovered your podcast about six months ago on some random horror message board while searching for something new. Since then, I finally caught up, and the wait between episodes is killing me. Uh, I listen to a number of genre podcasts, and I can honestly say that the four of you are the most knowledgeable and passionate toward the subgenre you've chosen to cover. The effort you put into every episode is very appreciated. Confession time. This next bit may seem somewhat confusing, but I know I'm not alone. Out of the 60-plus episodes you've recorded, I've seen probably 15 of the flicks covered, the big ones. <laughs> I know that may seem ridiculous considering the number of movies I've spoiled, but... But for me, it's not what you're covering; it's how you've covered, it's how you're covering it. Each and every episode is informative and ent- and entertaining, regardless of what you've chosen to talk about. And now that I've got up, I'm trying going to try and keep up and watch the flick you've chosen show to show. So keep up the great work from Toronto, Chris. Well, th- thank you, Chris. Um, yes, some of the picks have been quite obscure. Uh, a lot of the picks are probably not available commercially on DVD or Blu-ray. But there are it's ways like around Friday that.
3: Thirteenth and Black <laughs> Christmas, those are hard to find.
4: Well, we do. We we get a lot of people saying that they like us to cover the more obscure ones, uh, which is why we have Nathan on board. Um, but I do. I I like um, covering the more mainstream ones. Uh, I know we we've got sort of a, another mainstream one in the pipeline for the probably the end of the summer. Uh, next week's uh, next week's pick. Would you consider an obscure one or a mainstream one that people may have seen? Obscure. I consider it, it, I, it's, I, pretty, it's kind of in obscure. between. Yeah, I'd consider it obscure as well. Yeah, I'll, we'll announce at the end of the program what it is. But well, thank you anyway, Chris, for your kind words.
2: Yeah, excellent. Uh-huh. Okay, well, I've got a, I've got a little one here. Shall I get it out? <laughs> get it out. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um, it's this is from William who uh, William Wilson who said uh, really enjoyed the Hysteria Lives podcast on Phantom of the Mall a while back. Oddly, I just revisited it around the time you guys put that up. Anyway, I ended doing this piece on, so actually sort of doing a piece on the script evolution of, if, if we want to check it out and he's given us a web address. Um, it definitely changed over time. And I even got some cool pre-production storyboards in there. Um, I can't, I won't give you the whole, um, uh, sort of, uh, URL just cause it's quite, it's quite a long one. Hmm, um, what was that? But, uh, it is, if you know. go to originalvidjunkie.blogspot.com and search for Phantom them the Mall, then it should be up there. And he says, keep up the amazing work, William. So thank you for writing in, William. Uh, everyone should check that out. Mm-hmm. Okay. What, what about you, Joseph? You. Do you want to go? Uh, your... Yes. Whip out this your long is... one
3: there. Oh, yeah. Let me whip it out here. This is from Scott Schneid or Schneid. He basically writes in and says, hey, guys. I, along with my ex-writing partner, Tony Michaelman, wrote the original drafts of Phantom of the Mall, which was based on a 30-page treatment okay. called The Mall, by myself and Fred Ulrich. As you know, our draft of Phantom of the Mall was extensively rewritten by Robert King, who was brought in by Freeze Entertainment to bring the budget down to from 4 plus million to a little over $2 million, what it was shot for. Uh, I enjoyed your podcast on the film, and being that I birthed the project from inception, wanted to clear up a few things or set the record straight, so to speak. Carrie uh, Whitman's contention that there was talks of talk of sequels was in fact true. Derek Rydell, who played the Phantom, who signed for a number of them, as Freeze Entertainment was hoping the picture would become a late '80s teen horror franchise for the company. So did I when I wrote it having just come off come off developing executive producing Silent Night, Deadly Night for TriStar Pictures. However, Found of the Mall did not turn out as hoped, and those plans were quick, quickly scrapped. The decision not to make sequels had absolutely nothing to do with the availability or lack of availability of the picture's young cast members, but the fact that it did not take off in its limited theatrical release, uh, it did not perform financially at the box office. Uh, For your information, Robert King completely rewrote the Schneed-Michaelman draft and in so doing added, in my opinion, many ridiculous things. And although he went on to to a very successful motion picture and television career, I felt and still do that he destroyed the project, which one mainstream reviewer called a very, very, very good idea gone very, very, very bad. Now, in his defense— King was a young screenwriter hired by the company to radically revamp what was on the page in order to cut out almost 50% from the budget. Not an easy task, but cobras in the toilet, the phantom practicing Kung Fu in his lair, the arsonist turning up as a security guard in the mall, uh, where the sole survivor of the fire is working and could, and could identify him a mall shop that sold flamethrowers cope, uh, Cobras in the Toilet, etc., etc., all seemed ridiculous to me. There was no suspense in the final product, just a handful of mediocre kills, and the lead character's seeming lack of love for the Phantom, as evidenced by her involvement with the reporter, a character not in our original script, was a huge problem for me. Our draft of Phantom was a love story, a story about a young girl suffering post traumatic stress after the seeming death of her Juilliard bound boyfriend who slowly realizes that she's not crazy, that her boyfriend did not die in the fire and is in fact still alive. She becomes proactive along the way, discovering what really happened that tragic night when his house was burned down and who was behind it. Not many people know this, but after director Richard Freeman shot Robert King's rewrite of the, of our draft, the new head of the film division at freeze called in a guy named Tony Caden, who was originally attached to direct Phantom, but was dropped from the project As were myself and Michaelman, Uh, when Freeze hired a new head of film production midway through the development process. They asked Caden to view the finished film and see if he could reshoot parts of it or save it. Caden, a longtime friend of mine, told them to forget about reshooting anything. He recommended they scrap the entire film and put the reshoot money toward making a new film of the Schneed-Michaelman draft feeling they made a big mistake not doing our vision. They, of course, didn't do that, and Caden had no part in any reshoots. Uh, At the end of the day, Phantom was a very disappointing experience for me. Yes, I got paid and am grateful for that, but it was akin to getting pregnant, carrying the baby for eight-plus months, and then having it ripped out of your belly and raised by someone else who immediately gives it a whole lot of plastic surgery, ruining its potential good looks. That's the way I felt, not an uncommon story for a Hollywood screenwriter. Uh, for giggles if you're interested I've attached the original draft of fandom which I've kind of skimmed through a little bit uh, written by myself and Michaelman that was budgeted at four plus million by freeze prior to being rewritten by King and I'm also attaching an original poster when the pick was called phantom of the Mall not Phantom of the Mall Eric's revenge which always struck me as a, as lame I mean this wasn't a sequel who the hell was Eric the poster poster hey. the poster, <laughs> the poster <laughs> The poster also has a great advertising line, places to go, things to do, people to kill. But once again, Freeze blew it. Uh, they were a maker of network television movies up until the late uh, mid-'80s, expanding into low-budget features during the video cassette boom, and changed, changed the ad line to the, oh, so wooden, there was a nightmare at the mall, Eric the Phantom struck. He struck all right, but it surely wasn't gold. Thanks again for your, for a thoroughly entertaining podcast. Keep them coming. Best Scott Schneid or Schneid, I'd say Schneed.
2: Well, that is some, um, some feedback, isn't it? That's, mm. uh, yes. that's, that's great to get that. So thank you ever so much for writing in Scott. Cause uh, we're all about the backgrounds. We love hearing the stories behind, um, you know, especially some of the, the more that, I mean, that's the other reason, you know, we, we choose films that perhaps don't get as much coverage just Purely because th- there's stuff to be said about them that hasn't already been said a million times before. So although we do cover some of the bigger films, um, you know the, the Halloweens and Friday the 13th and Sleepaway Camps, it's good to to go for films that maybe people haven't seen. Um, so Joseph can spoil it for them, um, and then hey. we can get lots of um, what, and then we can get lots of background details. So stuff like that is kind of is you know is music to our ears. So thank you, Scott. That was that was great. Okay. Was there anything else? Mm,
0: no.
3: No.
2: I have one more here. Okay. This is from Scott Schneid.
3: He says, uh, "Hey guys, excellent. Just kidding." Okay. <laughs> I was going to read out his entire thing again, but.
2: Well, it's a bit disappointing. We've been away for a month, and we've only had three messages. So, so please, yeah. please, please, please do write in because um, you know we've got we're going to be recording another show uh in a couple of well in another week's time for releasing a fortnight um so it'd be really good to get some feedback in over the next week so we're actually going to release this show today so this is actually pretty much kind of um uh you know current so uh, but we are going to be recording next weekend so it'd be really nice to have some feedback for the for the show so i'll display you the contact details so get a pen and paper ready
3: Be sure to search for and like us
1: on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at THC underscore podcast. Our voicemail is 858 233 9281. And you can email us directly at the.hysteria.continues at gmail.com.
2: Okay, yes, so do get in contact. Um, Right. Okay, do we have anything else we want to say? How about you, Eric? Do you want to tell us what you're going to be doing next
4: Yes, we're all off to have sex in the furniture shop. It's Hide and Go Shriek. Yes.
2: Yay. From 1987, yes. Yes. And I do remember, I seem to remember, it's got some of the biggest hair, isn't it?
4: Yes, and isn't isn't there another film called Hide and Go Shriek or is it just called Hide and Shriek? I think American Gothic was retitled Hide and Shriek or something, was it? That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's hide and go shriek sex yes. in the furniture yes. shop.
2: Yes. Directed by has...
4: Skip Skulnick, who, who was an editor on Halloween too.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. that's the
4: one to look out for. Not American Gothic. Yeah.
2: Yes. And also it has, has a connection, doesn't it? A killer has a certain connection with sleepaway it camp. does indeed. Yes.
4: Mm. yes.
2: Okay. So that should be an interesting one. So we'll be covering that next time. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> anything... <laughs> yes. Anything else you want to say, Joseph? No. No. What about you, Nathan? <laughs> no. No, okay. Right. Um, right, okay. Well, let's go and enjoy the sunshine. Hope everyone has a good rest of the weekend. It's tea time now.
4: So? So we can't enjoy the sunshine now. It's too late for us. It's okay for them
2: over in America. Would you like Sunny this rain?
4: rain?
2: No. No, thank you. No, no, we sent it over
4: your way. Yeah. Yeah, although my weather app is, is, is suggesting thunder and lightning for wednesday and thursday okay mm. tuesday and wednesday actually yes so we have that we'll to pop. look forward to yeah.
2: well i'll be off to in a couple of weeks time off to the uh, to canary islands anyway for some more sunshine well so a few 50, weeks after that 50, i'm off to spain hmm? yeah
1: oh it's your 10th vacation this
4: this year are you accusing of that now is it me or justin
1: you Both. this time because you just got back from a vacation and you're going
4: I know. On another one. Well not till the start, not till the sixth of September. Ooh, so
3: Gosh. far away it is.
4: Yeah. Eric, how could you? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just love that sun. Yeah,
3: I've had one day off this year. Really? What? Yeah. One day. Hmm. we don't get vac- we don't get vacations every other day like you do.
4: Mm-hmm. We're slaves well, I, here. Well, We're I cogs always- in the machine. <laughs> You won't be happy to hear I was off for 10 days on sick leave, went back to work for five days, and then was off for 11 days on holidays. Mm -hmm. You live such
3: a hard life.
4: I know. I know.
3: I'd I'd gladly have my gallbladder removed just so I can, you know, get out of work for a few days.
4: Uh, Well, yeah, once after the first five days, I was happy to be on sick leave, I have to say.
2: Yes. Mm. Okay, right. There we go. Thank you. everyone. Go check out the so, night before Easter. Bye. Oh, yes. Mm. Yeah. Check out the night before Easter. Where can people check that out?
3: That's kickstarter.com. Uh, search for the night before Easter. Facebook.com. Search for the night before Easter. Uh, we talk about it nonstop on our Facebooks. Uh, the body count continues. Blah, 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 blah. So you can find it. Just search for the night before Easter.
2: Yes. And a good friend to the show, Reese from the Slasher Stop uh, Facebook page, is is helping with promotion, isn't he? Yes, he is. Thank you, Reese. Excellent. Okay, well, thanks for listening, and um, we're going to play out, obviously, with that song from the end of Sleepaway Camp. I think
3: Eric's opening a candy
2: bar. I'm not.
4: It's not me. It's not me. Who's rustling? It's Nathan. I don't know. It's
1: Nathan. (laughs) It's not me. It's not me either. It was me. I was grabbing some napkins to put into the kitchen.
4: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you don't waste to the end of the podcast. Kind of, well, kind of odd, but it okay. over. Okay.
1: <laughs> right.
3: Well, it is now. On the, on,
2: now, no one's ever going to listen to us again. Napkin boy. On on that cliffhanger, on that cliffhanger, we'll we'll play out. So, um, see you next time.
3: Bye. So goodbye, Bye.
0: your eyes and comes as no surprise.
4: It's a mystery. <laughs> Hello? Is there anyone there? Hello, everybody. My name's Justin and I like Spandau Ballet. Hello. Oh,
2: somebody's back at last. I know. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Nate, I just couldn't, I, sorry? I couldn't find a bottle opener, which is bizarre oh, right. in our I'll house. Read.